Or we could not fill for a week. We could just, well, we could just all sit uh, here quiet. While, while we fill, I, I have a story. Can I tell a quick story? This is going to be uh, something for all of you parents out there who are listening to this, either right now or later on the stream or the – do we still put out an actual podcast like in just audio form? I'm going to assume yeah. that happens. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I happen to be at PAX Unplugged over the weekend, and at one point I was, uh, I was standing at a booth, and uh, a small child came running up to uh, their, their parent who was standing at the booth. And just said, Mom, I need your money. And the mother just turned and looked at the child and said, No, honey. And as near as I can tell, that is a perfect description of all of parenthood, I believe. <laughs> that definitely reminds me of being a kid. So <laughs> So it was like it was like just seeing eighteen years just coalesced into one like perfect, like three second moment. So it's an important life lesson. There you go. If you go to authority figures and ask for money, you might not get it. We may come back to this later. <laughs> oh, he was drinking. Bill, you bastard. I was. I was. You had no way of knowing necessarily unless you were watching the stream and did that on purpose. In which case, you are a bastard. I didn't do it on purpose, but I don't regret it. Okay, that's fair. I feel like I'm lower. So have we filled enough? There we are go. we actually... Oh, is, yeah. is the show occurring? I mean, yeah. Once I once I O jam, we'll be good. So, are you, are you ready for the O jam clues? No, I'm never really well, ready for the. It's too late. Take your headset off. <laughs> oh wait, we didn't do a thumbnail. Clues, put your headset back on. Clues. Too late now. Clues. Too late now. Your, it's over. Put your headset no, back on. It's done now. There's no clues. saving him. Put your headset back no, on. I think this is your thumbnail right here. I think <laughs> yeah, the fear includes his face. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, so clues. We didn't do a thumbnail. Put your headset back on. But no, I think that's a thumbnail right there. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so now take your headset back off because I didn't actually start. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Manipul... No, look. Oh, was... <laughs> oh, oh. Look at how out of practice you are. After only Come one on. week. Hey, it's Monday Night Magic, number six seventy six. I put the headset back on and everything. I know. I'm I'm chewy. Uh, I don't know what show I'm doing. I have I have no sensory apparatus at all. <laughs> There's <laughs> look over there. That's Squee. He's the one. Squee, fix your face. <laughs> uh, you did this. And then over over doing. there, further over there is Clues. Hey, <laughs> hey. Clues' face does not need fixing. It just looks like that. Well, no, it does need fixing, but it does look like this. We're sorry. <laughs> uh, because the one who doesn't have facial hair, it's way more obvious when I'm reacting to things. It's true. Also, you've got that that whole look that you give someone there when they're being a big idiot, but you probably shouldn't make it so obvious that they're being a big idiot. I used to get that at look, the at the. We the both job. knew this was going to happen years ago <laughs> when we decided to start doing this with video. <laughs> But like back back when I worked at the bad job, I would get that face whenever uh, the soulless, evil, horrible boss was like talking. I would just get mm-hmm. this look that said, "I hope you die." And Ashley would always, hot girl at work, would always elbow me and be like, "Chewy, fix your face." And I'm like, "What? Sorry." And I'd have to like try to turn it into an expression of blank disinterest instead of "I hope you die." Uh, 
See, the important thing is to make the very serious face, but in your head, you have to be one with snake eyes. Just be going. Oh my god. That's how you do it. Well, now we've lost clues. Clues is Wickenburg. <laughs> total loss. Total loss. Total loss. Uh, Look, we might not be able to do this to clues for the rest of the year, Look, so I have to get it in now. That's true. Look, I didn't I didn't need the one two punch of both of those back to back. But thank you. It, thank it's about you. knocking your guard down and then bam in the face. Bang yeah, it's pretty much what it was. In the <laughs> face. Pretty much what it was. So yes, right. we missed Monday Night Magic last week because uh, Clues we? had a whole lot of stuff to do. Bill, it turns out, was doing work stuff until... Because it worked forever, but that wasn't the plan. Yeah, until super late anyway, because he sent a message yeah. to the two of us or, or uh, in the Discord, sir, Discord or something that was like, Welp, I'm home from work now, and I looked at the time and went... <gasps> yeah, last... Originally last week it was uh, I could we could show or we could not, and then later I'm like, so I should probably go eat dinner at like eight, <laughs> and it's yeah. like it was like eight or eight thirty or something, and it's like yeah, I'm kind of glad. Yeah, so it turns out not podcasting last week was a good call, uh, and yeah. there was there was a borderline amount of stuff to talk about, mm-hmm. and so we didn't, and so I think I did a. A stream of some sort last Monday. I forget what, though, because I've slept since then. Not but much. now we're double stuffed. But I have slept. So yeah, that means this episode we have a whole lot to talk about. So let's dive right in, shall we? A why? A why? Alright, so this is not... What is... What? I don't know what that is. I don't either! Oh, it's looking at the wrong Chrome window. Oh. And how? Hang on, I didn't... I didn't uh, account for that when I changed, so it should be looking at this mm, one. The void. There we go. Oh, look, the void left. In between the odds and ends and the, the stream starting, Bill taught me a trick in Chrome. So oh, right. Uh, right. Yeah, so... uh. Right, first up, this week's Pioneer Band announcement. No changes. Well, that was easy. Yay. Yay. The, the problem is, last week, there were lots of changes. Yeah. Uh, so last week, you you know this already, but we still feel the need to tell you, uh, Pioneer added three more cards to the band list, Once Upon a Time, Field of the Dead, and Smuggler's Copter. And apparently, this is because... Let's see, three outstanding issues preventing the metagame from arriving at a better balance. The first is the strength of mono-black aggro and other aggressive decks featuring Smuggler's Copter. Whoops. Field of the Dead ramp decks are suppressing controlling and reactive decks. Whoops. Yep. And uh, green is still dominating because Once Upon a Time is... uh, And apparently Once Upon a Time is the the key common factor for all of those decks. It's just that good. Because it is pretty damn good. So, yeah. They're getting rid of Smuggler's Copter to try to not kill, but knock down the aggressive decks a slight peg. Uh, Field of the Dead, they knocked away so that control decks can have a chance. And once upon a time, they're knocked down to try to bring green decks across the board down a peg. 
So hopefully yeah. that'll open up the metagame in those three ways. And just a general, no one should be surprised by these. These are not out of left field things. Like we were all pretty much on the same page. Like really smuggler's copter wasn't banned yet because they didn't ban anything day one, except for those lands. But smuggler's copter has always been too good. And there it goes again. Field of the dead. We've talked about plenty recently. That was doomed. Um, Once upon a time, likewise. Yeah. These were all very straightforward banning. Wait, was was it always too good? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Smuggler's Copter yeah. abandoned standard. Yeah. Should have been banned at the pre-release, and I was the one playing it. <laughs> yeah, it's so, just always been too good. That's Pioneer. There you go. We're all good. Uh, now, we need to follow up something from the previous episode, which was two weeks ago. We talked about the... Uh, what is the name of that damn book? The Forsaken book? For, yeah, War of the Spark Forsaken. Uh, so we talked about the controversy in Watsi's statement. Well, it turns out that earlier that night, the uh, author made a statement. And of course, the way this is cropped, you can't see it. Damn it. Nope. Can I, can I zoom out? Oh, I can. Nope. Okay, well now it's really tiny, but mm-hmm. at least it's all on screen. So, uh, what's his What's his name? Greg something? Weissman. Weissman, yeah. He said, uh, Response to my latest novel, War of the Spark Forsaken, has been understandably negative, particularly as a result of how the character of Chandra Nalar was depicted in the book. My response is a bit late in coming, but here it is. Now, he's only focusing on that, not the actual bad writing. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, After reading the materials that preceded my work, on Magic the Gathering, I was particularly intrigued by the burgeoning relationship between Chandra and Nyssa. I felt that it should culminate in the War of the Spark books, in lieu of bringing them together, as it was not a relationship that Watsi planned to pursue. He's over here pointing fingers. Uh, <laughs> my yeah. goal was to write something that honored Chandra's feelings for Nyssa and Nyssa's feelings for Chandra, something that would give closure to their relationship in a sad but satisfying and understandable way. I believe that if readers had seen my original ideas for the chapter in question, they might have gotten a better sense of what I was trying to accomplish. They might have liked it better, or maybe they wouldn't have. In any case, <laughs> through the mutual creative slash editorial process with Watsi and Del Rey, again, he's going, they did it. It's not me, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up with the final product that was published in Forsaken, which clearly didn't meet anyone's expectations or deliver on my intentions, and for that, I am truly sorry. Like, I'm not wrong here, right? He's totally saying, I wrote something good and they made me change it. Um, <laughs> I think what he's trying to do here is establish that he it- introduced a payoff that, like, he couldn't sustain, and so he had to then unpay off and, like, that feels bad, <laughs> but it's not like this came out of something that he invented and then took away. Like, obviously there was stuff leading to this up until that point. So I think it could be paraphrased as it's not entirely my fault. <laughs> I, I think most of my takeaway on this one is straight up. 
it doesn't matter what you had planned when you wrote the script. What matters is what makes it to the audience. And if you can't get whatever you need to through committees or whatever, then you have to find a more satisfying way to address that. Um, like I said, like I actually did read this book, or I guess I audiobooked this book, and I feel like the entirety of the chapter where this occurs came out of nowhere with nothing tying into it for the entire book before or after. So it very much felt like, a, well, I have to undo that thing I did in the last book and put minimal effort into it. Um, so, or at least minimal investment of like resources for, you know, paper and audio. So like, regardless of whether or not they told him, no, we're not pursuing that. Like it was still kind of on him to do a better job of writing that away. And he didn't, but it's also clear that like, he wasn't the one who's like, I'm going to harpoon this thing so much as, it seemed to have been agreed upon that they were not going to stay together and they probably weren't agreed to be together in the start place, but they let him do that in the last book. Now they let it go away in this book and everyone feels manipulated in the way. So I mean, great. I think the <laughs> Chandranissa thing had seeds way before that. I mean, I believe you like, I haven't read the old stuff, but I asked you about this when, um, I think I asked you about it when I did the War of the Spark book, the first one, and I'm like, and apparently they're together. And I didn't know that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm like, okay, cool. Because yeah, it also like comes kind of out of nowhere a, at the end of that book. Seems like that came from Kaladesh, I want to say, but I don't know if that's right. Because, again, I wasn't reading any of that, but yeah. it's just things that I have since absorbed. From what people have told me on the internet, apparently this was set up for a while and that it just sort of clicked finally at the end because they were doing the it's the end and like the Death Star is destroyed and now yub yub nub or whatever and we're happy and so also these people kiss but like it, it wasn't really core to the story of that book so having only read the two War of the Spark books it came and it left really swiftly for me so I didn't really think about much of it either way but then when I heard yeah. that it was set up by a lot more I'm like oh well that's really disappointing so yeah. But, yeah, since this is a follow-up to something we talked about before, and it gives an interesting idea of, as Chat said, the studio had notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which, it's a good way to put that. Yeah, I, I also maintain that whenever you're doing a story like this, you are given direction on where the story has to get to by the time your book is done for setting up future things. And... That's usually a bullet list of here's what has to happen and it's up to you to get us there without angering people. So um, failure on the angering part and also failure on the getting us there part because people are angry. So, yeah. Makes sense. We'll see where it goes now based on everyone obviously knowing that this matters. All right. Moving that. Yeah. on... We've got something that is only relevant for another day or so, if that. I don't remember when these things stop selling. Uh, it was revealed on the day of the first Secret Layer drop, the, the full bundle. It was revealed that every drop would get uh, a random foil stained glass planeswalker. Yeah. Surprise. Ta-da. 
And people were... This this was a divisive thing, because lots of people were like, yay, extra free stuff! And other people were like, I would like to know, with the one time you sell stuff to us directly, what I'm getting. And like I said, they announced this the day of, the fir- the only day that you could buy the entire group yeah. of them. They kind of viral announced it by way of having their various influencers post the extra thing that they got like surprise look we hand delivered these so they could yeah. show them today and yeah, hey the look there's two things in were uh, eric frolick and marshall sutcliffe yeah opened them up and said oh look there was something extra in here and took a picture of it and everybody lost their mind yeah and yeah see uh jersey bricklayer said it's the only reason that he bought a bundle but yeah i mean nothing strikes impulse quite like here's the thing also you have 24 hours so yeah but like they already did see this bothered me because they already were had this super limited thing that's literally available for 24 hours mm-hmm. and that's it and then on that day they're like by the way you get all this extra value from it and i was like well i'm glad that i'm broke either way and couldn't afford to buy it but if i was like, just barely unable to buy it, I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah. My take on it, if I recall, was that, like, they told you things you were going to get. If you bought it, you were going to get what you said you were going to get. So, yeah, it's extra. But I do understand some of the annoyance over, like, they put you directly in Impulse Buy Town. Like, suddenly the equation has changed if you'd already decided that you were passing on this. And now it's like, well, now you have to decide right now, are you doing this or not? And that yeah. can feel bad. And right before Christmas, that's that's hard for some people to find the, the extra. How much was it to get the whole package? Uh, 200, I think. Yeah. So I, I think I would describe this as uh, additional FOMO. Oh, it's like a extra double helping of FOMO on top of it because these these are the stained glass planeswalkers that to my knowledge don't exist anywhere else right uh yeah yeah that is at least not in not in paper form which by the way uh that is something that people were were pissed about so uh on sure there were some people who were on the uh my $20 bill was not folded correctly train uh, then there were other people who were like, well, I really just wanted to know what I was actually going to get the, you know, that's, that's a valid complaint as well. But then there were other people who were like, okay, when the stained glass planeswalkers were originally introduced, they said that it wouldn't, that these were not available, that these wouldn't be available in print, I believe is what the sentence said. And that was interpreted as these wouldn't be available in print anywhere ever for any reason. I don't even remember even though they said that even though that's not what they said. I think the question that came up at the time was, do they look like this in the packs? And the answer was no. Yeah. 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 I know somebody linked to the original, the original announcement on, let's say Twitter might've been Reddit. I don't know. Actually, it could have been either one of those uh, for that particular topic. Someone linked to that. And uh, yeah. Like, yeah, saying they're not available in print at the time meant because they were going to have the, what are they called, card styles on Arena for some of them. Mm-hmm. Right. If not all of them, I don't remember how any of that worked. But uh, 
yeah, interpreting that as never ever is well, that's on you. Random theoretical person who was saying that. Yeah, here's a hint. Thanks to the reserve list, they're never going to say never ever again. Yeah, not a thing they're going to confirm ever. So yeah, I mean, at least they're not exclusive cards. They're just shiny versions of exclusive cards, yeah. but still, some notice would have been nice. Now, Clues brought up a point in our uh, Google chat when I, I said that in what you said, if you'll allow me to paraphrase Clues, since you probably Please. don't remember what I'm talking about. Not at all. Is the conversation would have been completely skewed in the direction of the value of the Planeswalkers over top of all the cool stuff that was actually in the secret layer drops. Yeah, I, I, I do stand by that. I think it would have overshadowed. Oh, yeah. And that, because that's totally true. Because mm-hmm. people I mean, would have been getting like are talking median, about that. Yeah, people would have been getting median values of the planeswalkers and saying, "Well, hey, this one's only twenty bucks. The EV of any given planeswalker is going to be twenty five. So, hey, it's it's brilliant. Just buy it or whatever. You know, I don't yeah. speak in TG Finance because <clears throat> yeah, no, but somebody would have run that analysis. Yeah, yeah, but it still just bothers me. Like on a for some reason, I can't put my finger on it, but on the day of this super limited thing, they were like, and here's bonus stuff. Give us more money. <laughs> well, yeah, but when when's a better time to do that? When you announce the damn thing. Okay, but then it overshadows it. Well, then do it better. <laughs> okay, so. So can you imagine the reaction if they didn't tell anyone anything? And they didn't, yeah, like, see, hand them out in advance. And so, like, we got these later. And, like, I never got a chance to buy those. Right. Oh, yeah, like, that would have been way worse. Yeah, like, there's not really a good scenario unless you're upfront about it and just take the risk that no one cares about your actual new product. So your your three choices are do it when you announce it, which runs the risk of overshadowing the actual product and the thing that you want to talk about, which is, hey, we made some cool collections of things. Or don't tell anyone ever... And then it just shows up after the fact. And like three weeks from now, everybody's going, what the hell? Or you do it on the day of and you drive uh, bonkers traffic and uh, extra double helping of FOMO. So I think of those three, if those are your three choices, and I'm not saying there isn't a fourth one, but if those are your three choices, they played these cards exactly correctly. I mean, the other option would have been to integrate it as part of the whole thing rather than, hey, here's the secret drops. And you get a random Planeswalker. You make it a whole thing so it doesn't overshadow what's in the, the secret layer drops. Make it yeah, a Yeah, but if we've learned nothing, if we've learned nothing over the past year, what WotC does not like to do is give you all of the information at once, ever. Ain't that the damn truth? Like, from the marketing angle on this... Now, what would you know about marketing? (laughs) So, from the marketing angle on this, (laughs) there are two philosophies at work here. There's the maximize your sales and impact so that you can maybe do this again. Mm -hmm. And there's um, do the thing that will get you the most sustained growth... (laughs) And there's a choice to be made because, like, if they straight up wanted to get the highest possible sales, they would have just announced it up front and not cared that it overshadows things and let them sell out for days. Because, remember, these don't have a stock limitation. Right. So if people knew in advance that these were going to come with these potentially unique things and 
the base unit of these is like 20 bucks, there would be stores and collectors that would buy as many as they were allowed to buy. Which was, what was the limit? Do you guys remember? Uh, it was 10. I think it was 10. Yeah. Um, but like just the whole thing of the store going like, okay, everyone who works here, go buy these or whatever. Like someone out there is going to want to have a collection of like 40 of these things. Someone probably already did that by the way. Yeah. yeah so like, that's the thing though. Like if they knew that for like a week and a half in advance, like before black Friday, before they spent money on like black Friday, cyber Monday, then they would have made more money. They would have also opened themselves up to the potential that like, you know, they're really going to have to deliver on a lot more than they'd planned on it, but they'd be able to do that. Now, instead, what they did was they took the thing that's like going to get a lot of attention that they probably thought was like the least bad option from the perspective of, Hey, here's these cute things that we did. Isn't that great? And also here's a fun little surprise that we're going to throw in. But by having that come out the day that the big one was out, it was very much the rogue sneaking up and critting you in the back. And they decided that was the scenario that they were comfortable with because you've spent the money. So we're not like tricking you into doing anything else, but on the same note, yeah, people might have a bit more trouble doing the extreme thing, but like, what's your goal? Do you want to make the most money or do you want to surprise people and give them that fun moment? Because the actual store value of that fun moment is not the same as making the most possible money. So I don't really know what forces at play one for this to go the way it did, but I have to assume there was an understanding that they were making some kind of choice that was going to impact how much money this could have potentially made. Um, hmm. We'll see the numbers later, and we'll see if they ever do it again. Actually, um, I, I doubt we'll ever see the numbers Yeah, on no. this one. Sorry, we'll see the numbers by virtue of if they ever do this again. Uh, Better oh, way to phrase that. Well, I think how they do it again. again. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, like, <laughs> specifically do it again, meaning, and then we added a special product, because, like, no one really lost their minds over the buried treasures way back in OG Zendikar because they were super rare and not expected. And it was fun and it was cute. But people totally got angry over the premium hell vaults, which they did later that cycle. Uh, and... Some people did lose their minds over the hidden treasures, but that's... Uh... But like, it's not like you bought the pack and you're like, oh man, no hidden treasure at launch because we didn't know about them that became more known later and it was surprising it was 100 surprising right if they told us right before the set came out that also by the way we're doing this and then pre-order spiked like crazy we would have had a different scenario but also you i'm could just saying the car for like six months so. they could have told the judge staff and the tos so that they knew at pre-release why these cards were showing up sure but they didn't they the totally secret didn't. but like that's that's tangential to this yeah um but yeah, I don't know. I'm. I think it's weird how they did this. No matter how you want to look at it, my best guess is that not unlike when they mess up by making, um, you know, really busted cards because they're trying to be cute. That they were trying to be cute here, and they did not fully think through the consequences of what they were doing to people. So, eh? but I mean, if your biggest problem is that people want to buy your product and they're angry that they're buying your product, I mean, they're still buying your product, right? Like, this is directly targeting collectors who can't not buy things. So, 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's another thing that bothers me about it, just in general, is that it's it's targeting the uh, the whales and preying on the whales mm-hmm. to use like so the, mean, the mobile game. Uh, I was going to say, you mean like loot box behavior? Yeah, yeah. Um, the most extreme version of loot box behavior. But yeah, like the... Like, I think of it as gotcha game behavior because that's what I'm used to from mobile games. But yeah, it's the same deal where it's just straight up, here's a limited time to get this thing. If you don't get this thing right now, you'll never get to get it again. And if you're the kind of person who has to have everything, well, now you're spending a lot of money with a very small window. Uh, Hope you don't have to sell your car. Like, it's very predatory, psychologically speaking. And that's kind of where people ended up in it since there's no other way to get these things right now. We'll see. I would also not be surprised if later they found another way to deliver this product to people just to chill them out. Could be we'll the, the 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 stained glass window planes. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, I I think we'll see those. I, I would not be surprised if they started doling those out like SDC cards or other specialized things, or they just started giving them out as like you're at the pro tour have one or something like there's plenty of ways they can leverage those assets. Cause they've already got the art. They've now printed them. If they add them through various other methods, people will probably be chill. Cause they'll feel like they still have a chance to get them. We'll, we'll I see. want, I want the uncut sheet. It's got the, that's good. Good I luck. Mean. Oh, chat points out. There's a chance they're in the, uh, game store version of mystery boosters because they haven't told us what's in yeah, those to replace the uh yeah the uh the what are they the playtest cards right yeah mm-hmm. just a chance though we don't know yet yeah we don't know we they'll, certainly do not they'll maybe tell us something someday but that's all we have right now just people reacting to surprise news that costs money My but hey that's thing. pretty much done now right like they're running out of those things. Uh yeah, we're nearly through the week. Uh, like mm-hmm. that ends. Is it tomorrow? Is the last one today? Soon. I actually can't remember. Best I can tell you. Look, the only thing I know is that the goblins, the explosion sounds was on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, because you had to buy yours from Pax Unplugged. I did, mm-hmm. but I made that happen. Yeah, I think today's the cats one. Got my email and everything. Oh, so today is the last one. Yeah, okay. Well, then there you go. There you go. By the time you hear this, if you're not hearing it right now, I mean now, crap, um, it's over. It's over. Game over, man. All right. Well, moving on, we have a whole lot of esports stuff. Yeah. All right. So they're changing how tiebreakers work in the various esport leagues, the uh, Rivals League and the MPL, which is important for literally nobody but them. So mm-hmm. if you want to know, Fair. go look it up. We're not going to go into it. Uh, they're also changing how it works at the 2019 Magic World Championship. But does it say why they're doing this? Let's see. Uh, ensuring that players understand how the system will break ties so they know the impact of their play decisions and wins is important. Um, I guess when the tiebreakers can determine who stays in and who falls out, you yeah, have to be more specific important. about it. 
<laughs> it's not just prize money. It's like sort of, do you still have a contract? Yeah. Are you unemployed? Like, yeah. There's a there's a bit more on the line now, so it makes sense that they want to be as clear, crystal clear as they can be. Yeah. So they're they're changing up how that works to try to just make it easier on everybody in charge mm-hmm. uh, all around. Let's see here. I have to admit, I did not read this at all because none of this applies to me, so it just didn't occur to me. Oh, I have to talk about this on the show. Whoops. There's a peek behind the curtains for you. (laughs) Let's see. They're going to not do the MPL weekly thing uh, for the partial season in 2020. So they're going to figure more, figure out how to do that. Hmm. Mythic points, things, tabletop things. Blah, blah, blah. The big news here for normal people is that the Grand Prix buys are getting phased out. Just no more. It says Grand Prix buys were created for the Pro Tour when there were far fewer players playing competitive Magic. We don't feel they're necessary with the new structure of the Players Tour, especially with the fractional invites filling a similar role. They also cause tournaments to require more rounds to be played and prevent us from exploring other structures for large events. So I'm very happy about that because I've always hated Grand Prix buys. Did Clues close the panda or did he just vanish? Uh, I think he closed the panda because he's still on the call. Okay. Who knows? Maybe the cookies got him. Or maybe he's on a phone call. Oh, he got we a can call. Keep talking. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hated the way that buys influence the way that, you know, big high stakes tournaments work. Because it's not just you got a free win. It's you potentially skip out of the very first few rounds and have a much smaller metagame to prepare for. Because it's just going to be the things that, you know, actually do make it out of there. So like the random rogue cool deck that's really good against your deck is way less likely to go up against your deck. And also, yeah, all the advantages of getting to sleep in while everyone else is up at crack of dawn and miserable and hungry. Like, there's just so many advantages built into it. It was kind of the, you're already doing well, have some more. So, well, yeah. I just, I, I hated them as a concept. And now they're gone. Oh, now they're gone. So there you go. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, this paragraph above was figuring out how people get invited to the first Players Tour and Players Tour Final in 2020. Because that system doesn't exist yet, so you can't invite people from inside the system. So they had to figure out where they're coming from. Okay. Again... If this applies to you, you know it already, and for the rest of us, it's just words on a screen. So These are the kind of things that are going to influence a very, very small amount of the audience. Yeah, and almost certainly none of them listen to this show. So, uh, there you go. When was this posted? December 4th. Yeah. 
That was last Wednesday. We did talk about Andre Strasky winning the Smithic Championship six, right? That was that was way before that. That was a while ago, yeah. It's just weird that that's. I don't know why that's up there either. I, I don't. I guess because they wanted a picture of somebody holding a trophy. I don't know. Yeah, they wanted someone showing off. Yeah, their... that was the Oko. Uh, yeah. MC. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I think they really just like opportunities to show people that their trophy is in fact the child of the Infinity Gauntlet and the Agro Crag. So, here you go. Enjoy. Wow. Yeah. I, I've always thought those trophies look Also, good. they're trying to be better about showcasing their That's winners. That's true, yeah. So, like, hey, remember this? This guy won that thing from last month. Hey. This is one of the people that this impacts, maybe. Here's the target audience. People that win Mythic Championships. All right, Got so there. there's there's that. GP buys are gone. That's the big takeaway. Yeah. And they're redoing the tiebreakers work in the MPL and the Rivals League. Awesome. Yeah. All right, next up. Oh, God, the Magic Online premiere play. Yeah, this is the other side of that coin. Here's the other things that they're changing. Um, I, I read over this, so I'll talk to it. But I'll clarify to people in chat and listening at home and whatnot that there's a lot of text here. I'm going to give you the super top level view of it because there's a lot and it's Magic Online. But to give you the background on this, um, historically, Magic Online was meant to mirror the processes that you'd run into when you were playing under the old tournament system. So you had like, you know, get into the PTQ and then try to win. And if you win the PTQ, great. You won the PTQ. Now you can go and do Pro Tour stuff. And like, that's not how it works in anything else anymore. So they wanted to streamline things a bit better to work for the way things go now. But also over time, they've had all these different kinds of points that you could get. Um, I'm not going to run down them because they don't matter anymore. But there were a whole bunch of different things to keep track of because the system did it for you. So whatever. Um, the important thing to understand that they're doing now is they've consolidated a lot of the different currency type things that you collected into just qualifier points. That's it. Like they've been using for, for a little bit, but like, you know, there were, there were play points. They were qualified. Mm -hmm. stupid. Um, now the, the process is a bit cleaner, a bit more streamlined because it's straight up. You collect these points by like, they're part of the prizes you get when you win things on magic online. And using those points, you effectively buy your way into a Pro Tour thing. Uh, am I cyber squee? You were just for a second there. Oh, okay. And your camera blinked, and I didn't know if it oh. was you or me. But uh, keep going, suspicious. you're good. Yeah. So, like, now instead of all the other things to keep track of, it's just straight up. When you win things, you get qualifier points. With these qualifier points, you essentially buy your way into, like, PTQs or Pro Tour things or whatever. Let me see the exact word because it matters now. We've got all these different names for them. Um, where'd you go? I don't know, man. I feel like this page looks different before. Um, there was an image that made this streamlined and I don't see it anymore. What did you do, Paige? I've got okay, a, there it is. I got a table here. Is it the table? Yeah. So, um, 
it's under Pro Tour qualifiers. Um, you earn QPs, qualifier points. You spend them to get into a PTQ. You uh, win the PTQ and you get players tour invite. That's the process now. Um, and essentially, the getting into a PTQ I think takes forty points, which you get for winning first an event. Um, this is the first way you go through. So that's how you get there. Separate to that, they still have these things that are called Champion Showcase and Showcase Challenges, which also use QPs as the currency to get into them. And so I'm not going to recap the full history of how those things work, but essentially if you think of um, PTQs as anyone who can do well and spike a PTQ like the old way can make their way through. You spend your points, you go in the hard tournament, you win the tournament you're in. Great, cool. The showcase, you can spend your points on instead, and that runs more along the lines of you play out against other people that are like higher level, higher rank, go through tournaments that way, you make your way all the way up to the champion showcase tournament, you do well in that, and you get on the player store. If you play Magic Online competitively, you know all of this stuff, so I'm not going to break it down. The main takeaway from all of this nonsense is there's only one currency now. You can spin it on either way you want to get there. One of them is conducive for do really well at one event and get in. The other is conducive for higher level play over time, so it's more consistent. Um, they all use qualifier points. Everything else is go, goes away. Don't worry about it. Ah, here's the other graphic that I should have had on the screen this whole time. Yeah, that was the thing that I was scrolling and looking for because I somehow lost it in the page. Um, they're kind of straightforward that way. There's just two of these little flowcharts. Um, I'm still kind of dubious as to why they need to have both of these, but I guess they've tried to keep up the idea of do really well at one event and get there versus if you're consistently good but don't want to put it all into one event, here's the slower path that rewards consistency. This all contributes to that massive spidery flowchart that we had a while ago for different ways that you can make it to Pro Magic Player. Yeah. So, these showcases, this is the new MOCS, right? Yes. Like They, they replaced that. Yeah, so now, well, it's still the MOCS. It's the Magic Online Champion Showcase instead of yeah. Championship They, they series, changed what, right? what it stood for, but yeah. Yeah. Look, Clues opened the panda. Hey! Whoa. Um, Sorry. So you've got the the two options. How do you get qualifying points? You just get them as prizes for playing in various events. Oh, okay. Like, they're just the prize currency now. Gotcha. And you can get them across different formats. They aren't all just, like... The old concept of, and now we're going for the standard Pro Tour. So all the standard things sound like, no, it's just Legacy, Vintage, Limited, Modern, Popper, Pioneer, all that kind of stuff can get you in. So it's just a matter of as long as it's a supported enough format that you see that in the prize listing, you can get points through that. Tiny leaders? No. Supported enough. (laughs) Fair. All right. Now, I did see some of the pro players complaining about this because apparently 
it's not great. By comparison to what they've had in the past? I, I don't know, because I, I wasn't aware of how this worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way time. that it used to work is they would have multiple um, qualifiers during the week and you would play in any one of those. And if you made it, that got you into the actual PTQ on the weekend. And then if you won that, you won out. Um, so it meant you had several opportunities to qualify through the same thing if you just had the kind of time and money to keep trying. Uh, I think this is a little harder because... Um, if you're doing it through just like, you know, play some stuff and get one shot at a PTQ, then yeah, you're, you're spending your points that way instead. But the bane of all magic online stuff will always be the fact that in order to do a tournament, everyone has to be online at the same time and it's a global product. So your PTQ might be at like 4am on a Thursday, like who knows, depending on which area they're catering to. But hey, you get to play it from home. So no one needs to see your naked anime girl sleeps now. Thank goodness. Yeah. <coughs> all right. But yeah, if this matters to you, read all of it. If you don't play specifically Magic the Gathering online, this doesn't matter to you at all. This doesn't affect Arena. This doesn't affect Paper. Um, none of that stuff. So give it a read if it matters. There you go. Okay. So, uh, I guess we should, uh, should we talk about the Twitter thing? Ooh, Twitter things. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess. Pick your poison. There's a few. All right. Well, let's start with the, the, the blatant misinformation that was spread around for a couple days. Cool. All right, so this is a thing that happened on Twitter. Netflix tweeted out, what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account? And this screenshot was going around. And it was the Wizards Magic account responding. It looks like the Wizards Magic account responding to that tweet with the patch. The packaging says 13+. Plus. And then a hmm face. Yeah. Now, this really looks like... Something horribly inappropriate until you stop for a second and use your brain. Now, I know that's not a thing that people on Twitter like to do, but let's give it a shot. Do you see how it says they're replying to this other account and Netflix? Sure do. It says it It says it right. Look, it shows it right there. Boom. They're responding to RC Revolver and Netflix. Now, But, Chewy, I can't see RC Revolver anywhere in the thread that you're showing me. Uh, yeah. Where did that come from? I still think this was doctored because I've literally never seen show more tweets just vanish. Sure. Like mm. I was checking this. I was like, did Twitter change this again? And no, I had show more tweets on everything and I'm going, okay, but it could be that th this was some, n not an official Twitter app. Like maybe this is tweet deck or something. I don't know how any of that crap works. Because I just Regardless, use all the Twitter stuff. Something is missing. But something is clearly missing. But yeah, because you see how it says they're replying to this person. Now, if someone... Uh, yeah, it could be that... Yeah, chat points out, don't you get that behavior if RC Revolver retweeted it and Magic responded to that. 
One, why would Magic respond to a rando's retweet uh, from a, a big brand account? Because, no offense to RC Revolver, he's just a rando dude on Twitter. So, yeah. that's probably not it, because Wizards would have to be following him to see that. What really happened is this. Uh, they Wizards responded with, this is produced by the Russo Brothers, which is slightly racy, but funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a weak one, too, but regardless, yeah. that's what they said. And RC Revolver responded with, how do you not use tap in your response? Because that's funny. I'm not mad, just disappointed. They responded to that with the the packaging says 13 plus with a picture of the packaging. Now, for some reason, they deleted this response. Possibly because of this image. Entirely because of this image. No, no, no. For this reason, what what you've got on the screen right now, for this reason, they deleted this response. But... This statement was a response to how do you not just use tap in your response? And they're saying because the packaging says 13 plus, so we're trying to keep it PG-13. We don't want to go like hard R on our uh, goofy response. Yeah. Yeah, but... Unlike many of the other brands that play in this, they decided not to go all in. Yeah, like if you. By the can, way, this whole thread is insane and not appropriate. Yeah, if you if you are of the appropriate age and you want to find this thread, it's got some doozies in it from official I brands. Would not have expected that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was reading them out loud to some of my friends, and like we had a lot of moments where like we all went like red with laughter. at how inappropriate some very wholesome brands got with this. Yeah. But this oh, was not this thread. This was not one of them. No. But because of this screenshot Now, I don't want to use this term because the way that it's used is often oversimplifying things, but the outraged Twitter freaked out. Yeah. Like, the people just looking to be mad found this to be mad at and got mad. And then it spread to content creators and influencers and whatnot. And they all went, I hope somebody got fired over this! Well, at the same time, okay, if if you believe that first thing and you you don't dig and you don't see that there was the the, the response to someone else who's not appearing, if if all you saw was that thing... What's your first reaction? Um, if that was all I saw, <laughs> probably snickering, going "Whoa!" After yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's that it's that "Whoa" part, right? Okay, Twitter is not a platform well known for subtle nuance. No, it it's all about hot takes, gut reactions, the outrage machine. Sure, it's it's all of those things, right? Yeah. So I completely understand how people would go, whoa, 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 that's not right. Yeah, the part that bothers me is that when it was shown that that's not what happened, most of them didn't say, hey, by the way, that I was wrong about that. That's not what happened. Here's what happened. Very few. Very few. Because 
it's better for your online brand. Just get pissed off about things, rile up your your audience, and then never address it again when it turns out you were wrong. And that yeah. bothers me about content creators and influencers. Now, there were a few, like the professor at least deleted his yikes tweet. He didn't yeah. go back and say, oh, hey, I was wrong about that. But he did at least delete the tweet. Um, Like, uh, Jess Estefan, uh, I think that's how you say her name. I really need to find that out. Retweeted someone that was explaining it. So she was like, hey, this is what happened. So that's good. And those were the 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 only two that I looked up because when I saw that the professor deleted his tweet but didn't say anything else about it, I lost hope in, you know, humanity. So, <laughs> which don't look on Twitter for hope in humanity. I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah, there there was a, another content creator that will go unnamed that I explained this to twice before they finally got it. And when I said, hey, help spread the word. Because having an audience and a platform, we should really try to fight misinformation instead of spread it. No response. Never mention it again. None of that. So, like, eh. Eh. That just bothers me about these these, these young content creators and even some of the old ones who don't want to do what's right because it isn't going to get them more followers. You, you know? It just bothers me. Yeah, a lot of the mentality in these kinds of things is get as much attention as you can right now and hope that some of that sticks around, working out better than actually growing it for being legit. Um, Yeah. But that's a frustration that we could rant about for hours later, I think. And I I have. probably covered this one. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so just in case you were still pissed about this, this isn't what happened. They were responding to this, which is perfectly not creepy or perverted or disgusting at all. At all. Okay? If you're going to be pissed about something Watsy did, be pissed about something Watsy did. (laughs) And there's plenty. But my God, I cannot believe this thread. I That... Oh, did you start scrolling through all the other stuff? I did. There are so many brands that I can't believe that they... Yeah. Just... Wow. Odds and ends could for an entire thing. Like this is actually more more one of those ridiculous school of movies type episodes. Yeah. I don't think this is really something that we can do, but it is funny. Wow. Um, okay. If you're looking to be upset about things, go digging through the rest of it, but be aware of what you're getting into. Yeah. All right. So we have an actual discussion for the next, rather yeah. than just me ranting uh, about the next Twitter thing. So shall we? Yeah, yeah I, I guess I guess we shall. All right. So, uh, Mishy Fishy Woo on Twitter, who is the Wizards, what is her? Influencer manager. She's the influencer yeah. manager for Wizards of the Coast. Uh, and if you follow, like, the arena streamers and whatnot, then you probably have seen her. Her name is Michelle, and she is the influencer manager. And yep. how... Uh, so she tweeted, hot take, sponsors would rather work with smaller creators with active communities than large creators with empty inflated followers. Which, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, Jeff Hoagland, of all people, of course, of course, jumped in with this. 
So how do we how do we do this? Okay, so she was posting about how she's going to be doing a talk on influencer management, and because it's her job. Yeah, included a link to the next speaking gig, which will be in March. Um, and it, from what I can tell here, Jeff pulled up either something that she's linked to here or something else that she's done before. I did not go digging through his event schedule because I don't care that much. Um, I mean, but it's he pulled a up an excerpt. Game of Sutra like news yeah. piece. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I will read this part because it. I'm believing this is quoted and not made up. Um, according to Sutterfield. Her, Michelle. Yeah, that's uh, Michelle. Yeah. These smaller influencers can also be a boon for small to mid-sized developers because they're often more invested in your game than a big-time streamer, so much so that they may even, parentheses, if you're comfortable with it, be willing to stream it without being paid. So that's the line that's been taken from there. And Jeff's response is, you should pay people for their work. And this got tons of likes, tons of retweets, tons of attention. And that's really not too big of a shock because a big thing on the internet in general is the idea that you should pay people for their work. Like we all are mostly on the same page on that one. Yeah. Like um, I follow the Twitter account for exposure underscore TXT, which is infuriating to yeah. see all these people like, Hey, I want you to do art for me. What are you going to pay me? Why would I pay you? Yeah. Like, very briefly, before we go into the rest of this, just to be abundantly clear, all three of us believe people should be paid for what they do. Yes. We believe that if you are creating something and it has a value, you should be paid for that value. That is a thing. Like, Absolutely. We're all 100% on that page. Before yeah. we say anything else, there, we've said that. Completely. Clearly. Pay your artists, pay your contributors. Pay As someone who is thing. a free content creator, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, having established all that, now we can continue the conversation. All right. Um, so yeah, like that's what he throws it back in there and, um, it's turned sort of into a, a back and forth between the two of them, a relatively short one about, um, like her point is that they're not always budgets available for all opportunities and that's just how it works. And they find ways to support creators that can lead to growth for them, you know, where that's needed, which yeah, that's what they do. We all know that that's what Watsy does. They try yeah. to help streamers grow their channels, um, you know, community giveaway items, networking opportunities, additional community support, which are all things of value to creators. So her response is essentially, this is a compensation method. And then it turns into, no, you're making them work for free. Like, I'm paraphrasing now because I'm not reading his tweets. Um, but <laughs> you're you're telling them that they matter while you're not paying them. And that that feels like a weird conflict and that, you know, back to the usual exposure doesn't pay the bills kind of stuff. And it's like, that's kind of a misrepresentation of her response. So she decided to exit the conversation at this point, which is fair. Which, um, when dealing with a salty Jeff Hoagland is probably yeah. a wise choice. He's already decided that this is where he's getting his attention. Cause at this point he's got hundreds of likes on this thing. And so he's going to ride it. Yeah. Um, and but so when, she's when, like, not going to win this. So walk away. When dealing with a salty anyone, this is perfectly valid. Let's be honest. Yeah. Sure. Um, Especially Jeff Hoagland. I, now, yeah. look, again, when dealing with anyone, I think this is perfectly valid. And I think I think that Twitter would be a better place if more people did that. That when they realize this conversation is not going to be productive, that they just walk away. 
Yeah, but then on a like, on a, a related side note, uh-huh. uh, just as a quick interjection, if you have, especially if you're talking anything political on Twitter, and someone immediately jabs at you with something that is uh, like an attack, just block and report them. They're probably a bot. Yeah. Just that, throwing that that's out. That's the right approach to that, regardless. Like, don't do not respond because that just gives them increased exposure. Just that elevates their platform to your level, and that's yeah. not something you should do to a bot or someone who is effectively a bot because they're not thinking about what you're saying anyway and just using prescripted responses. Yeah, yeah. Like whether so, okay. they're actually a bot is irrelevant. <laughs> Back to this. Yeah. So, like the the thing that's sort of relevant here, though, is like if you're looking over that thread. You see her post, you see his responses, and his responses are feeding way higher into the like counts than hers are as you go further down. And, like, that's where the traction came from. And, like, the big traction post in all of this is the one that, like, Chewie has in the biggest text there, which is essentially asserting that, like, you know you're wrong because you're justifying a million dollar corporation paying people in exposure. And I think that touches on a much more impressive discussion than anything else in here as a sentiment, because there's a whole lot of stuff to unpack there. And like, I could talk about that for like six hours personally, as I have worked on both sides of this. Um, What do you know about marketing? (laughs) Seriously, I, I, I did it once for a friend. I don't want to yeah. talk about it. By the way, for those who don't get the joke. Uh, yes, I, I work in marketing for a massive company. Yeah, he um, does. It is a thing that I do. <laughs> like, that is where all of my nerd money comes from. So I will totally admit to that. Um, I will also, as I mentioned before, reiterate time and again the importance of paying people for doing things. Period. I, I believe that. Um, I think the thing going on here is the fact that like saying, you know, million dollar corporation paying people in exposure is disingenuous because usually when people make the paying for thing with exposure argument, it's the idea of you should paint this wall for me and then you can write your name in the bottom corner and then people go, wow, this wall looks really great. And that's the person who did it. Maybe I'll pay them to paint my wall. And like, that's useless in all practical forms. When you're a content creator slash influencer slash whatever buzzword we want to give people right now, and you are elevated to a much larger platform by a big company like Watsi, your viewership presumably goes up. You do get access to more things that do compensate you because you're presumably get some kind of ad revenue if you're doing this well enough, or at least you're getting the views that can lead to more of that. So like there is a value to that. You can have an argument, you know, forever about whether that value is enough to justify what you're doing and what they're getting out of you. That's a completely open and fair debate. But I do feel that it's disingenuous to imply that people are getting exploited outright by Watsi because Watsi is not cutting them a check. Because, like, realistically, a whole lot of people exist who would love to get paid for talking about Wizards of the Coast products. But they're not going to pay all of us for talking about Wizards of the Coast products. That's not practical. Yeah, It's not feasible. And if we're being honest, 
most of us are probably bad at it because there's a lot that goes into being an actual value add element in a marketing campaign. And a lot of it boils down to you have to establish that you are making things better and you have to know the value of what you're doing and pitch it to them. And they have to agree that it is worth that value. And then you go down the world of contract negotiations and becoming a contractor. And there's a lot of business on that, that most of what we do would never add up to getting paid. And I'm using a very broad we there as well. Like, yeah. The whole idea that everyone who produces anything should get paid for it is nice in the abstract, but you have to be doing something that people want and find enough value and to pay you. And yeah, most people don't actually do that. And unlike most of the for exposure, as he's claiming this is, the actual literal exposure that you get from for exposure is nothing. Whereas when Watsi goes, hey, we're going to boost you up, that actually is a tangible thing. Yeah. Like, they are paying people, just not with, here, have this money. Mm-hmm. Like, they are it getting is, something it's for It's a resource. Their, yeah, they're getting something for their work. It's just not a, a check. Yeah. And another thing to note is that when Wati is giving you things like this, but you're not under contract, it means you aren't also not dealing with all of the things that come with a contract. Right. Yeah. I was, I was about to bring that up, (laughs) you know, like every one of these things that it seems like, Oh, there's an obvious answer. Yeah. It's always more complicated than that. And uh, where I'll mention that here is, okay. So say that you're a streamer. Okay. And you want to, I'm a streamer. Okay. Fantastic. Chewy, great example. We're going to call you the uh, the resource lake. Okay, so you're going to start a new channel, the resource lake. As Dude, a, it's RL. Channel. Okay. Okay, so you're it's the resource Chewy lake. And you want to uh, maintain the uh, – I'm, I'm not going to call it an illusion yet because it will eventually become an illusion, but you want to make the case that you are – an independent streamer who is streaming for the love of the game. You're going to tell us like it is. And when Watsy makes something that's crap, you're going to tell it like it is. Uh, okay. That gets a lot harder when Watsy's literally sending you a check. So how do we not go ahead and believe that you're just a corporate shill, first of all. And if somehow you manage to convince us that you're not, so you've now invoked the illusion of uh, being impartial how do you make the decision to go ahead and be impartial and call it all crap when it's all crap, when you know that if you keep doing that, you're not going to be getting that check. So how does that happen? It, it opens up a whole can of worms in, in all honesty. That is, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It also is one of those things where say Watsi is, you know, they have contracted, you know, the resource lake. Like, you now work for them. Maybe they don't want you to work, like, review Hearthstone. Yeah. Or do other things like that now. Well, yeah, or there's not like gonna... an exclusivity clause in your contract. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, they decide they aren't going to, like, keep using you, but you can't review other card games for a year or something. Like, there's a whole world of business that goes on once you start taking money. And yep. that's not something that I think most people want to deal with either. Now, 
considering the last year we've seen them essentially hire the pros, which had all kinds of discussion over the terms of that being special and everything that went down with the judge program and compensation, if you recall that, and the fact that content producers live all over the world and deal with very different circumstances and laws. And no one really wants to pay taxes on things if they can avoid it. And all of the stuff that goes into that. And then you remember that for the most part, everything that this does right here isn't Hasbro, the million dollar company. It's the marketing department for a card game who are balancing this against everything else they can spend time, energy, and money on. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that we really need to bring up is later down in this thread, someone pulls up the financials for Hasbro. And yeah, those numbers are really, really big, but that's all of Hasbro. That's Play-Doh money. And from a budgetary, yeah, here we go. Uh, Hasbro is currently listed, and I, I haven't checked these numbers either. Okay, so this is Rando on Twitter. I don't know if they're right. Um, Hasbro is currently listed uh, as worth $13.58 billion with their stock hovering around $100. Okay, first of all, valuation of a company means nothing. I'm just going to put that out there. There I said it, okay? Yeah. See also, we work. Um, last two years, they made a net profit of $220 million and $396 million. Okay. Sure. Hasbro made a profit of between 200 and 400 million the last two years. But that's Hasbro, the entire company, not just not just the Watsi slice, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Watsi is, is a moneymaker for them. It is a net source of profit rather than a net source of loss. And some of their lines don't actually always make money from year to year. That is absolutely true. Uh, but how much budget Watsy gets is not the same as how much profit Hasbro makes and how much of that budget that Watsy gets that it can afford to give to a marketing and streaming influence is another slice of a slice, if that makes sense. It, it will be progressively smaller pieces as you cut through Hasbro down to Watsy, Watsy down to magic because they do other stuff. They and then do. Magic doing, well, here's the player's tour. Here's coverage. Here's the piece of paper that is that extra card in every pack that you do. Here's all the marketing materials that we print. Here's all the people that we pay to do stuff for us. Like, that gets really small really fast. And even if it's very big still, imagine Seriously. the logistical headache of coordinating with hundreds of influencers and all their contracts and their liabilities and all that. That would eat the budget just on lawyers. Oh, and I, also, yeah, I was going to say, and here's all the lawyers that we pay to protect all of the IP so that yep. we can keep doing yeah. this. Like, it does not scale down. However, if you're not giving people money and you're giving them attention that they can then use whatever channels they're attached to for money, like sponsorships or whatever you get out of, like, picking up YouTube and shaking it before they strike your videos down to whatever, then that's a different way for them to not have to deal with all of that and they can give you what they can. And yeah. I think for some people, they're going to make the decision that, yes, this is an influencer that we want to hire. Like, that's how someone who does a podcast can make their way into coverage or can make their way into posting articles on the website. Like, we've seen people off of MTGCast do this. It has happened before. 
and Several but times. they're not going to do that to everyone. There's no way. Just off certainly... the top of my head, Gavin, Sam Stoddard, Marshall, Ryan, uh, John Laux, and that was just without thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they can't pay everyone, right? That's not going to happen. And that wouldn't be a good investment. Yeah, it would, and it, it would do that. And if they can't pay everyone, what can they do to support them? Now, yeah. again, we're not saying they shouldn't pay anyone. It's not what we're saying. But there are limits. Yeah, so if let's be hypothetical for a minute. If Watsy were to come to me and say, "Hey, we want to give you all of this this boost to play Magic Arena." I would as much as I don't want to play Magic Arena, I would strongly consider it. Mm-hmm. But if they added onto that, well, you can't play Hearthstone, and you can't say that you don't like playing Magic Arena, I would have to They would to probably think... attach the second term, definitely. Yeah. I would have to, like, think about it real hard. But if they were like, here's some money. <laughs> now That's there's insane. a contract involved where I actually can't say those things. But if they were just like, hey, here's all this extra attention and we're going to give you a boost and here's some stuff to give away. And then I say, I really don't like playing Magic Arena, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, then they'll go, maybe we don't work with him in the future. But they didn't say I couldn't say it. Yeah. And if that scenario did occur, then you would have every incentive in the world to play Magic Arena and be like, now you all know I'm not a big fan of Arena, but let's give this a go. And play through it as someone new. And there's an angle that you can work with in there to make that happen. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, you walk away because you're not under contract and you got your attention. Exactly. Like, that's an option that you maintain. If they're giving you money, then like everyone else in the world, you went to work, you did a thing you probably didn't really care that much about, and then you got paid. Like, that's totally valid, too. Yeah. But... Like, there's there's a literal example of that that I'm aware of right now, and that's Savich. Because he got into the MPL and he took the streamer contract to go with it. But he didn't want to stream Magic. He wanted to stream Dota Underlords because he loved Dota Underlords. Mm-hmm. So he actually didn't start the MPL streamer contract as soon as he got in. He actually waited a while. And then he's like, yeah, I think next month we're going to start doing that. And he started doing the required streams. But he always had mm-hmm. a smaller audience for that than he did with the games he enjoyed. And he still enjoys Magic. He plays Magic Arena all the time. But streaming it, he doesn't like as much. Because it makes him less money streaming than the games that his audience expects. And the more local example of this is how Chu and I enjoy playing Overwatch. You guys don't watch us when we play Overwatch. Stop streaming Overwatch. Now yeah, exactly. we just play Overwatch. Like, you know, it, it's understanding your audience and what they want. And that's an important part of it when it's your job. Yeah, and uh, if if we could circle back to uh, the the comment that was quoted out of that uh, Game of Sutra article, yeah, back up uh, back up the top. Yeah. Um. So here here's the thing. Okay. So this this thing was said, and some people there was some outrage that followed from this, and yada yada yada. But here's the thing. Uh if you are a small or mid sized developer it's probably more worth your time to try and cultivate the small streamers than the big ones, because the big ones 
you're going to have to pay them to stream your stuff. Because and other people small... are paying them to stream their stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, and the small ones will do it just because you sent them a copy of the game, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That is a truth, right? Not only that, but if you make a product that's good enough, people will stream it without you paying them, period. So, for instance, there are a lot of people in this thread and in other places who are complaining that Watsy doesn't pay them to stream, but they keep streaming Watsy stuff. Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> You've proven the point. Right? Yeah. Like, so... big shocker. If they want to pay you, they're going to expect a certain thing out of you beyond you showed up and did the thing you were going to do anyway. Like, that's, you know, like, you don't pay people to drive their cars on your road. They're going to do that if there's a road and it's a way for them to get there. Like, you're playing their game. They're not sending you cease and desist things for using their assets to make your own money. Like, technically streaming at one point in time was frowned upon because you were showing off things you didn't own. This yep, was see, a problem. Oh, see, Just, also Nintendo's behavior. Yeah, Nintendo was like that for literal years to the point where yeah. I stopped supporting Nintendo at all. Mm-hmm. And then because they were like, if you stream our stuff, you're going to, we're going to take part of your profit or we're going to fire cease and desist at you. And I'm like, yeah. well, screw you. And so I didn't play Nintendo stuff. And yeah. then they eventually change that to be more in line with the 21st century and uh so and now, now you stream your stuff all the time yeah so now i've got a series for uh link's awakening going on youtube that i'm still streaming on here on twitch already right now so but they're not paying me to do that but i'm also not having to pay them to do that because that's freaking dumb yeah like these are things that have changed over time and at this point it's sort of an understanding that like you're giving them exposure and they're looking the other way when you collect a paycheck from people watching you play their content online. Yeah. And that's the thing. And if you're really good at hyping up their content, they want more of that to happen. So they start giving you stuff to do it more and you're getting a thing now. Um, you're going to probably have a hard time finding more than five or six people that realistically can make good money doing this. And the ones that are making good money are probably not getting it off of, you know, the number of views that they have. They're getting it off of the fact that they became a big enough thing that they could take on sponsors or they've gotten wide enough that people who do Patreon and things like that have just scaled up enough. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I'm still dumbfounded that some companies allow people to stream their games. Like, if your game is story-based and people can just go watch your game like a movie... There's not a reason to go play that game anymore, but they're still allowed to do it. Like, the whole equation is kind of weird. Thank goodness, because I love streaming those kinds of games. <laughs> no, it's great. Like, it's like I appreciate the entire environment of it. Like, there's a lot of games I would have never played, but I was happy to watch people do, too. Like, there's okay. equations all around. Um, the, the, the last thing I'll say about this before I'll encourage us to move on, because we do have other stuff to get to, uh, is marketing is complicated. So complicated that we pay people to do marketing. And those people use computers to do it better. That's what AI actually is. Yeah. <laughs> da dun dun da dun. 
Yeah, so yeah. all of you armchair marketing experts on Twitter who are yelling at uh, poor Michelle Sutterfield here, shut your face. Those are Chewy's words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, those uh, are my words. Quote me on it. Consider that a lot of time the reason things are done isn't because the person on the other end is a total monster. It's usually because by the time it gets to you, you don't actually get to see the whole picture. Yeah, unless so. it's... Uh, you know, Bezos or Musk, then it's because they're monsters. Well, yeah, because they're Lex Luthor. That's different. Yeah. They are the extreme. Hey, 10th Tech just subbed for the 16th month. Thanks, buddy. Welcome back. Yeah, see, subs like that are how things also work. So, yeah, so definitely if subscribe Wizards, to content you like. If Wizard says, hey, we're going to slap you and your arena stream on our website, that means I'm going to get a lot more viewers, and that means. Possibly, I could get a lot more subscribers. And if they're like, hey, we're going to slap your YouTube video on the main page, I will definitely get a lot more views on that video. Which means, like, views on YouTube is directly equated to paycheck, whereas on Twitch it's, like, mm -hmm. potential uh, paycheck. But still, uh, it that made sense, right? It's a way for you to get paid. It it, it directly <laughs> Even if results. It's not coming from them. Yeah, it directly results in me getting more money. Even though Watsy didn't write me a check and hand it to me, so like these, it's not for exposure in the way that Hoagland means it. When there's actual tangible benefits, yeah. um, not like the wall that you signed that Squee brought up earlier. That is the crap kind of for exposure. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, I think... Long story short, you don't know more than marketing people about marketing. Even if your name's Jeff Hoagland. Yeah. Especially if your name's Jeff Hoagland. But he hadn't been mad on social media uh, in a good few weeks, so I guess it was he was trying to find I mean, something. He knows what his brand is, and he played into his brand very well there. Exactly. So, it's just his brand is not really conducive with what I think is fair to the people he's using his brand at. Well, and that's why they don't invite him to things. And so he gets more pissy. It's a really yeah. vicious cycle. That's all on the him. whole, like you're not very fun at parties. <laughs> are you is actually exemplified by this person. <laughs> anyway. So I, I know that was a long about. discussion about something that isn't exactly news, but it's, it's a thing that I've seen cropping up in discussion, even before this, the, that Watsy should pay people was showing up in places that I didn't expect. And I went, mm -hmm. pay what? And then I saw this happen and I went, so we're going to Monday night magic is a place where we try to give you a level headed look at all the things going on without a hot takes or outrage or any of that. That I, is actually I, the thing that differentiates us from so many podcasts, and that's very sad. Yeah. It so, makes me sad. When you want your, your news level-headed and well-thought-out, come to Monday Night Magic. There you go. Yeah. But that that's why I brand. wanted to try to, to get out ahead of some of this before it spreads even further. Yeah. So, all right. I guess all that's left is tournaments, right? Am I missing anything? And how. Yeah, there's a few tournaments, but we can do this. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Okay. 
So let's get to it. Clues, you with us? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing a thing. Oh, good. You're about to do another thing. Is it a, is it a sexy thing? Uh, no, it's, 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 I think you'll like it. Is it a brand Twitter thing? The reason I ask is because, hey, Clues, you're up. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. I'm doing a thing. Oh, he's filling out a Mad Lib. Hold on. S- stand by. St- okay, well, tell Standing you what. By. We'll go to a different thing. Hey, let's do this first. Boom. Okay. So, Channel Fireball made some announcements uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. About things. They announced some uh, format changes. They're going to be Pioneer PTQs. Because they're called PTQs again because it's Players Tour. Okay? Just. Okay. Uh, They're going to be Pioneer PTQs at uh, Magic Fests. And they're going to be others. Let's see here. Uh, Each Magic Fest outside of Japan will have five PTQs. Huh. So it's going to be... Where'd it go? We've decided that we want to give players the option of having a competitive experience even if the Grand Prix isn't the format they choose to play. So if it's a modern uh, Grand Prix at the Magic Fest and you don't like or care or or remotely have any knowledge or interest in modern, it's uh, then you just go do a different flavor pizza queue at the modern event. Uh, what you got there, Clues? Well, I, I got your check. Yeah. Pay to Chewy. Amount all the monies. Math for exposure. <laughs> nice. How, yeah, uh, just, wait, who signed just, that? Just, uh, yeah, I can't make out the name, but it's, it's, it's down. Oh, it looks, it, okay. It could yeah, be, uh, could be anybody. Could be anybody. Yeah. I'm going to say Tayback. I, I, I don't know. Well, wait, what was the date on that? Uh, today. The, da- yeah, the date is today, yeah. The date is today. Oh, well. And it's for exposure. It's all well, For those that. of you who are only listening to this and can't yeah. see it, Clues is holding up a real check with his real bank account numbers on it. <laughs> That's right. So you're really missing out. Yeah, so you're really, I will you're even really read really off t- Clues' bank account. It's 1, 2, 3, 8, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Right. Yep. Well, well, wait, no, except it's not Clues' check. That's Watsy's real bank That's account. Watsy's, that's Watsy's yeah. real Watsy's bank That is actually account. how you get Watsy money right there. Yeah. <laughs> now you know. Now we've ruined their whole quarter because they're going to have to pay us. See, the problem is I came up with the joke partway through, and then I had to find my Sharpies, and I had to find a, a piece of paper that's actually from a like, – I went a long way for this you joke. Do. You okay? know what? I like and, it. Prop right. comedy is not dead. So I'm sorry that I wasn't ready for the handover for topic switch. It's cool. This is probably a better way to lead into it anyway, because it's more meta. Yeah. So like, yeah, um, a bunch of events now have Pioneer instead of what they had before, or they have Pioneer PTQ, which is neat. Yeah. Plus they have lots of different PTQs at uh, at different uh, things. Like Magic Fest Austin is a modern GP, but they have Pioneer PTQs every day. Uh, New Jersey is a limited GP. They have Pioneer PTQs. Brussels is a Pioneer GP, but they have modern PTQs every day. I don't know if that means... Wait, does that mean they're only having modern PTQs, or does that mean they're going to have others as well? I'm assuming it means they're only having modern PTQs. 
because they oh, say yeah. that um, so starting in 2020, these Magic Fest will have a PTQ format in addition to a Grand Prix format. Oh, and there'll be a PTQ of this format every day of the weekend, and it's always different. Okay, I missed that it was just the one. I figured like there would be one format that they had every day, and then they would also have like a standard and a modern at, with pioneers. One Pioneer Monday, uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Saturday they have a modern one, and Sunday they have a, a yeah. standard one or something. But no, no, apparently not. It's just all the one. Of, okay, that yeah, there. That's reasonable, I guess. Um, we'll see how that works. Well, it means you don't have to bring like four decks if you're planning on doing the GP part instead, or the PTQ part instead of the GP. Because, like, keep in mind, Magic Fest is not just a GP. At least that's the goal. It's right, right. a big event that you go to, even if you're not in the GP. And now these are things that you can yeah, do. The, the GP is the what what used to be known as the main event. Yeah, but the Magic Fest is the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As I keep so. having to respond to people that think they're clever when, like, don't you mean Magic Fest? No, shut up. <laughs> we sure don't. Uh, okay, then I guess we'll see how people. I don't. I haven't seen anyone complaining about this. I probably haven't been looking hard enough because I'm sure somebody is. Well, yeah, but I haven't seen any big names complain about this. How's that? I I appreciate the fact that um, the hashtags for all these things are MPG followed by city name. Yeah. Um, which means that over time, these will start flowing together in Twitter when you click on them, because they'll have the old ones in there, too. Um, but that, that'll be fun in its own way. All right. And if you want a fun way to spike some nonsense from someone who works in marketing, you can start using those hashtags in advance. <laughs> Sneak on in there. You can do it. First. Yeah, you can go make first post right oh. now if you want to. I'm sure they're available for it. Have fun. Didn't realize that I didn't have the screen up. Excuse me. So, <laughs> Granted, yeah, there's that, nothing really to see that I didn't that see. That is one of the tricks of Twitter. You can totally hijack a hashtag before it's in use. Part of why you have to be careful about giving them six months out. Yeah. Yep. Now you know. So, moving on, uh, you can also register for multiple PTQs at a discount. So you can get a PTQ triple play package. What what happens if you win the first one? Good job. Uh, it says, if you win a PTQ and you bought the triple play package, we will refund you the entire package. Nice. So that, if you that's play, feel better. So if you play the first one and win it, then you played it for free. Yeah. So try to win the first one because your EV goes down. Because if you win the third one, <laughs> yeah. you still had to pay for two. Yeah, that that's your goal. To like get you still had to play EV, all three, to win. but they were free. So you really want to do as little work as possible. Yeah. Like, if you're planning on winning, win the first one. Yeah. So that's actually really cool. Yeah, I, it's just I a nice that. little bonus. That That's only for... The triple play package. Right. Not if you sign up for the PTQ and win, they'll refund you. No. All right. Well, yeah. that's cute. I like that. Wait, no, it says it right here. I was right. As before, there will still be five PTQs at each Magic Fest. Two Friday, one Saturday, and two Sunday. And three of them will be focused on the events PTQ format. Aha! Oh, okay. They, they buried the lead here, putting it down that, at the that's bottom. That's really buried. That's like several topics later. 
Yeah. Okay. So Well, cool then. Okay, yeah. When it says So for instance, at MTG uh at Magic Fest Palm Beach, it's a modern Grand Prix, but Pioneer PTQs every day. So what I originally was thinking was right. Then the one of the ones on Friday, the one on Saturday, and one of the ones on Sunday will be Pioneer, and the other two will be something else. Okay. But because there's five, but only three of them will be of the PTQ format. Well, cool. Get slapped on it. So Got if it. you if you do scrub out of the uh, modern GP, you might be able to play like the modern PTQ on Sunday. I, I would know. be surprised if the Sunday format was different from the main one most of the time. That just would be a mistake. Yeah. So that makes sense. All right. That that I'm glad I saw that. Yeah. Right there, way nice. below all the images and whatnot, instead of up here. Saved herself some of the people on Twitter. Yeah. All right, so they're also... Uh, GP promos were a thing, now they're Magic Fest promos. Uh, sure. But we get, you get a super sweet uh, Path to Exile. Mm-hmm. Which is just gorgeous. Uh, full frame. It's foil and non-foil, it says. And then there are... Magic Fest Basics. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the um the way the art on those basics could be a weird panorama if you're standing in the middle of a five biome arena. Yeah, like you're standing in the center and it, it's like uh, a pie it's graph. split into yeah. an actual massive color pie that you're standing in. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Neat. And then the uh, Path to Exile is on a a playmat that you get with the Fanatic package, which I'm guessing is a... I don't know what a Fanatic package is, but if you do the Channel Fireball thing, you know what that is, so... Yeah, presumably it's a big old bundle or some sort. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, I think it's one of the Magic Fest's entry options, where it gets sure. you, like, a bunch of entries to things that are happening that weekend and some some goodies, I think. That sounds right. I can't keep track of what the different brands of tournaments do. I know SCG does something similar to that, so like, assume it's something like that, and if you're going to one of these, maybe look it up in advance. Yeah. What? No chat. Not not Fnatic, the esports franchise. No, 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 no. That's, that doesn't have this first A in it. Yeah, and, and not Fnatic, the inevitable comic book character that I have not confirmed exists, but I'm sure is there. Almost certainly, yeah. Yeah. And I guess while we're at it, also not the Philadelphia uh, mascot. mascot. Yeah. The Philly right. fanatic. And not the fanatic from Destiny 2, who was one of the expansions. Yeah, not, don't, don't worry about it, nobody. Not that one either. Yeah. yeah. None of those. Something else. You still play Destiny 2 with people clues? Uh, when I can, I haven't had time lately because, you know, as the semester gets close to the end, I don't have any time. So you should bring it with you on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, my my PS4 isn't even plugged in right now because well, no, because it's ready to go. I took it from my apartment down Take to, it to the boat. Didn't have time to plug it in. Brought it back. Haven't had time to plug it back in. So it's travel accurate. ready. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. right. So legacy. Hey, legacy. Let's talk about legacy because we still occasionally have legacy events, just not as often. Yeah. Very occasionally. Well, enjoy so, this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, because do, I don't know. While while I ramble, can one of you look up when we get our next one? Because I think... Uh, sure, I'll do that since you're using your screen. Uh, so, in uh, last week, 
we didn't record, but just before that, even though we didn't record and that maybe that's why we didn't record. I don't know. Seems causal. Uh, GP Bologna happened. And that was Legacy with 1,596 folks who are playing. And that is not a small number for a Legacy event with actual Legacy cards. So folks from all over the world converged and played. And it was, hmm. it was glorious. For it is the king of all formats. Uh, you want to talk about metagames and then go into the top eight? Or do you want to do that in reverse? What do you want to do? Uh, up to you, man. Well, hey, do you have the link uh, for uh, the top cards? There the 40 is most not, played cards? Real quick, Clues, there is not a Legacy GP shown up to April. All right. I realized that the, the screen that I just... The, the tab yeah, that I, I, just I was looking over it, too, yeah, and just wanted it, to make sure I didn't miss on one. Okay. Uh, so, hey, Chewy, I just dropped a link in the uh, the stream chat. If you could bring that link up for me for the viewers at home. And I don't know how well that's going to display. Cause I know you got, you got zoom problems, but we'll, we'll bring that up. If you could please. Uh, that's yeah. I, I, I guess that's one way to bring it up. Sure. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Uh, can, can you make that picture big and readable? If not? Oh yeah. Perfect. Perfect. There we go. Let's talk. All big. Let's talk about the actual problem. Cause there is a problem with legacy. And it's not just the reserved list. You might think it's the reserved list, but I'm here to tell I'm here with the hot take to tell you it's not just the reserved list. Let's take a look at the top 40 most played cards in this GP. Uh, hey, Clues? Yeah. Are you going to be on the screen for a minute? Yeah, sure. Okay, good, because I have gotta... to go find out what in the hell I just heard. I will be right back. All right, let us know if we should call the authorities. So your top, would you like to guess you folks who are watching the stream can see it. If you're not watching the stream, you are missing out. But if you were listening to this in podcast form elsewhere, possibly on a bus, I want you on the count of three to go ahead and just shout out what the most played card in legacy is. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Yeah, it's brainstorm. It's totally brainstorm. We all know it. So brainstorm, ponder, force of will. The top three are all cards that have no place in a polite society. Card number four is Wasteland, which we kind of need. So, Note that there were a thousand less Wastelands than Brainstorms. That's the yeah. gulf between the top three and the fourth one. It's it's pretty bad. After that, we got Polluted Delta, Surgical Extraction, Thoughts These Days, Mountain. Finally, Mountain. It's like the ninth most played card in Legacy. The most popular Boom. basic land. That's right. Ninth place burn. I believe we came up with that joke like four weeks ago. Ninth place burn is what I'll say about that. Okay, well, Chewie's still off investigating whatever in the world happened. So while he's doing that, I will ramble just a bit about the day one metagame breakdown where the number one top played deck, although still it was only 7.3% of the field, was Blue Red Delver. Okay, I've been on record for quite some time now as saying that Delver was a mistake, a card that should not have been printed, and I will stand by that even to this day. But I, it's I not think like they agree, though. Yeah, I think they do. I think even uh, Rosewater has said, like, yeah, I just thought it was going to be a cute card about the fly because it didn't occur to him that a three-two flyer for one might be broken. Yeah, particularly in decks that like to have lots of you know sorceries and instants. Yeah, because <laughs> it's kind it of was the smuggler's copter of its day. It was <laughs> the smuggler's copter of its day. 
after that, we had death and taxes and miracles, both hovering at uh, 5.8 and 5.1% respectively, some ant after that. Uh, and then the numbers start to get smaller, but it is a relatively diverse. If you just take a glance at the numbers, uh, relatively diverse uh, metagame uh, as far as formats on day one, but that was day one. What made it through to day two? You ask, was it the blue red Delver just dominating everything? No, it was Grixis Delver dominating everything. So Grixis Delver made up 7.2% of the I mean, field. That's on like two. 66% blue red Delver. Okay. Wait, uh, should I be on a different screen yeah. now? Yeah, we're on a different... We're doing the day two metagame breakdown at this we'll, point. We'll catch you. Uh, death and Taxes, which was number two on day one at 5.8% of the field, was 6.1% of the field on day two as the second most popular deck, followed by Golgari Depths, and then here is the problem. Blue Red Delver, Bug Delver making up the next two. So of your top five decks, top five decks, uh, three of them were Delver decks. Yep. And that is, in fact, the problem with Delver. After that was Miracles, because they still haven't gotten the memo, because they're still waiting to uh, finish their turn. Uh, and then Ant. <laughs> I, I like to think that Miracles is in the top eight, because they're still playing Miracles from, like, six years ago, and that therefore they correct. are still in the top eight. They are on turn two. Turn two. So... Let's go to who actually won this, shall we? Let's take a look at the top eight. I know what you're thinking. Nothing but Oko decks as far as the eye can see. No, not not really, actually. I mean, kind of. That bad. I mean, sure, yeah. Oko's there. Like, seriously, <laughs> Oko's there. No kidding. Um, Actually, I found it kind of surprising. Uh, 30, it, th there was a, a statistic quoted in some of the coverage. 37% of the main deck spells between GP finalists were printed in the last nine months. This is I mean, legacy, folks. So if yeah, you thought that like the past couple buddy. of sets, we <laughs> seriously had some power creep going on over the past year. Yeah, that's actually a rational fear. We totally had power creep. I mean, it's on. tradition. You get power creep when you go to Ravnica. This is known. Yeah, it's. And then eventually you get to a set that's less exciting because they have to dial it back. It's just the way it is. So first place <laughs> was. Oh, I'm allergic oh, to power creep. <clears throat> Uh, oh, so we can use you as a test pigeon? <laughs> that's Apparently. fair. Yeah, we're going to put you in the um, play design room. <laughs> you will be the canary. Uh, Mark Vogt? 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 V-O-G-T. Pronounce that however <laughs> you would like. Mark, I don't first know. place. Took first place with Bant Miracles. Oh, Bant See, Miracles. That's got Oko in it. That and totally has Oko in it. Three oh, yeah. copies of Oko in it, in fact. And Veil of Summer. Yeah, and Veil of Summer, which I hear that card's kind of good. That's what I hear. Kind of good. But there is mm. a red elemental blast in the sideboard, so... Bonus points. <laughs> I won't quite... They won't necessarily be first against the wall when the revolution occurs. In second place, uh, Tristan Puzzle. There's an umlaut on the O's, so I don't really know what to do with that. I know it's not pronounced how you might think it would be. It also be. depends on where he's from, Usually. what you do with that umlaut, so... Yeah, it really does. Uh, playing Bug Zenith Oko. Okay, so I, I get the bug part, which is nice that you just tell me what the colors are. Thank you. Unlike naming them after silly tribes from sets that happened years ago, 
Just give me the actual colors. Thank you. Spoken like a true fan of Boros. Yeah, well, ah. yeah, I'm 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 fine with calling it red splash white. Because <laughs> it should just, be, should just be red. But yeah, if you got to pick a tribe, it's Boros. All the rest are garbage. Garbage, I say. Uh, so where's the Zenith come from? Well, it's Green Sun Zenith. Of course which, it is. Of course it is. Uh, where's the Oko come from? Oko comes from everywhere and he's turned you into an elk. Oh, man. Like all I'm trying to been trying to quit that. That was uh, that was second place. Uh, third place. Uh, we had Lorenzo Tassone. 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 Playing Bug Delver once again. Thank you so much. Except for your Delver. Thank you for the bug part. Totally cool. But Oko. Yeah, but Oko. At least play set of Goifs. Keeping those prices up. Thank you so yeah. much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, in what are we up to? Fourth place, Blue Red Delver. Dead. De- look at look at the two true name nemesises here. Nemesis. This deck is dead to me. Except there's young Pyromancer. How can it be completely dead to me? Um. At at two, young Peasy at two. In fifth place, we had this, Sneak and Show. This, Finally, this was a fair. Franco. Sacchini, uh, by the way. Oh, in, I'm sorry. Thank Sazen. you. I, I, I got carried away. I got carried away. Hey, that was the one bulwark against Oko in the top four. Yep. Fifth place, uh, Matt Brown with Sneak and Show. Like I said, a fair deck-ish. Look at all that brainstorm and force of will in that no. fair deck. Yeah, it's not like in any way. Oh, it's 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 got omniscience. All of the sciences. Mm-hmm. It's great. Great. And in sixth place, we had uh, Yannick de Flurquin. Flurquin? Yannick. Yannick on White Eldrazi. Flurquin. Which, yeah, that's what this deck is. It's got all, Mm. it's got, it's got multiple Thalias. I'm okay with that. It's got multiple Thalias. Yeah. And Palace Jailer. Yeah. <laughs> Tomic. Sure. What are you does. doing down there, Tomic? You weirdo. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Huh. Okay. Huh. Take that, Lands deck. <laughs> uh, in seventh place, Andreas Gantz is playing Blue Red Dredge. Those are colors that make my head hurt, even though it's covered with green and black things. Yeah. It's okay you're not playing them. Yeah, I was going to say, because we're not actually casting most of this stuff in any reasonable way. Very true. Okay, we got we got some Cephalid Colosseum. We got City of Brass. So we can make any color we want. So it's, it's, now, it's now officially a five-color deck. We got Fiery Islet, because it is. We got Gemstone Mine. So, again can make any color it's a five color deck yeah and we've got uh mana conflict still a five yeah. color totally five color deck the yeah. golden land yeah there you go and in eighth place uh we have uh andrea mangucci playing bug delver Fun fact, the return of Oko. this was his first oh for god's sake go away this was his first gp top eight apparently yes right. after uh 76 gp appearances Wow. Finally, finally got there. 
in Legacy. It's a shame that it had to be with Delver. <laughs> Look, if you play long enough, anything. you're going to find yourself playing Delver. Or, or, no, just no. Is that why you, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain? Yeah. yeah I don't think that's going to, I mean, I, I built Merfolk once back in the day. And after playing it, I felt every time I played that deck, every single time I played that deck, about halfway through the game, I thought to myself, I could be playing goblins. So, so clues, you are aware that by virtue of it being Merfolk, it will never wash off. Oh, that is, that is, that that does cruises, you're going diving, you're getting there, buddy. This does explain why I wash my hands so much and never feel like they're clean. Yeah, you're Lady Macbeth in this thing. Thought it was just the OCD. Huh. And outside of the top eight, we probably have some decks that I don't hate as much, but I don't think we, we have, have other tournaments full, too. I don't think we have a full like outside of the top. Well, there is an all deck list, and the only thing I want to establish is how far down do I have to go before I get to burn? That's what I want to know. And I think the answer is way further than I'd like. Uh looks like 58th place, burn. Oh. Yay! 58th place. Top 64. That's right. They were in the money. <laughs> I do want to point out that in 84th, Dashboard. I see ninjas. Really? Yeah. I hope it nope. has an ornithopter in it. Nobody expected it. I'll tell you that. You know what? I'm going to search it's because for... it oh. was an Oko deck, and then it actually flipped. And in 120th, hey, and... we get goblins. Uh, by the way, uh, Chewy, can we put a link to the, uh, I mean, it's, it's on that page, but there is a Google doc and this is, this is actually pretty cool. Um, Google doc, uh, of all of the decks from this legacy event. And there are links in this Google doc. So there are a total of, did they actually get all 1500 of them into this Google doc? Yep. Yes. No. 1595, 1595 of them in here. And you can click on any one of the decks and it'll actually show you the deck list. You see, the thing that was preventing them from doing this before was Ren and Six. Once they got rid of that, bam, room. We got it now. Suddenly works. Uh, So this is actually a treasure trove of what's currently going on in the legacy format in Europe, at least, and indeed at most. Uh, So definitely check that out um, if that's a thing that interests you. I'm currently showing a goblin deck just because it's you. Oh, yeah. thanks. What what place was it? Uh, 120, the top finishing goblin deck. Ooh, that's Mario 64 numbers. That stings. That really stings. But what do you got? Incinerate Chieftain, Crater, Crater Maker. Lackey, Pile Okay, yeah, that looks good. Trash Master. Hey, look at that guy. Look at that guy. Munitions expert? Ah. Oh, can't wait until clues uses this much enthusiasm for the other three tournaments. This deck makes, Oh, I was just going to be quiet and let you guys talk about <laughs> like usual. Cause I, this is, this is it. This is the shining moment until at least <laughs> April, till at least, a, at least April. Yeah. You're not even going to get to do this for SCG events anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. That's rough, buddy. Formats the moon. Now we'll miss you. King. We'll miss you. All right. All right. So, hey, you want to talk about some of these other garbage, I mean, uh, good tournaments? Uh, Sure. Great. Let's go to GP Brisbane. Where? Uh... Wait, do, do we have the budget for that? Didn't no. I? Uh, yeah, we got, you got all the money, remember? Oh, that's right. I forgot about the check. Let's go yeah. to the kitchen. 
<laughs> Kitchen table magic at its finest, Chewy. Damn right. How many people were in this GP? Uh, four fifty-five in standard. How many of them were drop bears in disguise? Uh, four fifty-three made it to the end. So there's your answer. Okay. I have no idea. I did not check. I assume they all made it. Um, uh, these aren't in order. Are they upside down? Dang it. Oh. All right. So tell me who who won. Kyle Gibson. Where's his name? At the Kyle Gibson part. Ah, there it is. Okay, so Kyle Gibson won playing Jeskai Fires. <clears throat> Excuse me. All oh, right. Four copies of Sphinx of Foresight. I have not looked at standards since uh, the last round of bands, apparently. <laughs> Fair. Because I did not expect to see four copies of Sphinx of Foresight in a deck just looking at me. Fair. With two Kenrith. Whoa. Okay. Alright, you want me to start making my guesses on the way down since we just have this chart? Yeah, who's in second? Alright, second place would be Chi uh, Ching Ye. Here we go. Also playing Just Guy Flyers. Who is that? That was It's Steve16. Thank you for the follow. Oh, you on Steve. a bus? Are you that Steve? Hey, Steve. Alright. Wow, look at the color requirements on this deck. Cavalier of Flame, Cavalier of Gales. Whew. Brutal. Neat. But okay, that's Jessica Fires, yep. Alright, uh, third, I think, is Chris Thompson. Simic Flash! That, there we go, Simic Flash. Makes sense. Right. Cool, fourth is Anthony Lee. Anthony Lee was down... Yep, Simic Ramp. Ramping into Finale of Devastation. Still too blue. To make horrible things happen, yep. And now the remainder are the five through eight. All right. Okay. So Nathan Basser is on Golos Fires. Yep, because oh. Golos is back. Hey, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan Cubit is on Mardu Knights. That's Red White Black Knights, if you're clues. Mm. Thank you. Ooh, Judith. Okay. Uh, nope. Jason Chung is on Just Got Fires. Also. And who is our final person? Brent Gervin is also on Just Got Fires. There's a whole lot of Just Got Fires going on. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. thing. So wait, how many is that in the top eight? One, two, three, four. Four, and a Golos Fires. Whew. Okay. That's a lot of fires. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That leads into something else that happened this weekend. Sure does. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. So, trying to be clever, like lots of other brand uh, accounts are these days. Yeah. Channel Fireball posted this on Facebook. It says... Kyle Gibson and his Just Got Fires deck have torn through the field like wildfire to become the GP Brisbane 2019 champion. The east coast of Australia has been smothered in bushfire smoke for the last month, 
and it looks like the fires have finally reached Brisbane. Mm. No, I can see no. why someone would think that was clever, but there should have been yeah. a step between typing that and hitting post. Now this, uh, this, this was after the event was was ended, right? Because this Kyle Gibson was the was yeah, the, the the champ. He, he was so yeah. whoever was doing this had just got done with an entire weekend's worth of coverage. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say their judgment was not at their best. And it shows. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying, yeah, this was not their finest hour. Yeah. And to credit, Channel Fireball jumped on trying to apologize for that immediately. Because for those who don't know, there are massive wildfires in Australia right now. And it's really bad. Yeah. So Channel Fireball said this earlier today our text coverage reporter at mtg brisbane made a series of jokes that were an incredibly poor taste on behalf of the entire cfb family we want to apologize to anyone who's been affected by the wildfires and to kyle gibson from for detracting from his gp victory that's a classy touch there at the end yeah Yeah, it is uh they also said we'll be making a donation to the nsw rural fire service which is working to contain the fires and have a link if you would like to contribute as well that's new south wales by the way yes so that is a very classy i like it yeah you gotta be careful when you make jokes in a very public forum yeah think about who you're joking about and where you're joking about and what that looks like yeah so there you go yep now again i'm sure there was no malice of, of forethought no. there they were just like oh this will be clever and didn't think for a minute to think how that might affect Reed. and impact people. people yeah so yeah and uh, uh as a broader comment uh this happens a lot to, to be honest with you, it's just in, in this day and age with social media being so interconnected and things able to blow up so fast, we, we seem to see it a lot more. It's always been going on. People make yeah. poor judgment in the moment and make you a comment were... that they weren't really thinking it was just a throwaway comment. Ha ha. Oh, oh no, that's in really poor taste and yeah. it's been screenshotted and it's never going away. Yeah, yeah. So don't don't put too much uh, effort into hating on this person. It it happens. It it doesn't excuse the terrible things that people sometimes say, but at the same time, let's keep it in perspective. Yeah. Right? Okay. So is that it for Grand Prix events? Uh, yeah. To my knowledge, yeah, I, I think, think so. that's it. All right. So the other thing, which also again, happened. Watsy apparently is is not their best at uh, pushing their own stuff. Uh, is that yeah? There is a Mythic Championship that happened this weekend. It was the Arena Mythic Championship uh, Seven. And the reason I say that is because it popped up somewhere, and a lot of people were like, "Is is there a Mythic Championship this weekend?" And I think yes. I think Brian and maybe Mike as well said that too. <laughs> is there 
Tournament Championship this weekend? I was like, turns out there is. These are my uh, co-hosts over on the Manipool. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Piotr Glogowski won the whole damn thing. Look at him. This was a, a standard event. And, uh, yeah, he beat out uh, Brad Nelson in the final, final, finals. Uh, did, did we mention that he didn't lose a match? He didn't lose a match like at all? I, I believe at all. Didn't lose a match on his path to winning MC7. Who? That's pretty awesome. Jeez. Now, granted, this is a smaller event. It's not like he went through 40 rounds of uh, Swiss or whatever. But because it's a smaller event, it means the talent was much more dense. Much more concentrated that he had to fight through. Look at this. He beat, just on the last day, he beat Seth Manfield... PVDDR, Javier Dominguez, and Brad Nelson. Which, Without dropping a game. Well, no, he dropped games. He didn't drop a match. Oh, sorry, matches. Sorry, yeah, yeah, wrong yeah. word. Yes, you're right, you're right. As a matter of fact, he dropped a game in all of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, that's impressive, and that's just this day. That's not counting everyone he had to beat in the previous days. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but he was playing Jund Sacrifice. So this is standard, obviously, because it's on Arena. Uh, Jun Sacrifice with Corvold the Fake Cursed King. Ooh, okay. Isn't that an, uh, a Brawl card? That is a Brawl uh, card. I think so. Huh. <laughs> huh. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Brad Nelson was playing the Simic Flash deck. Uh... I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I do too. I think these are in finish order, it looks like. I think so. So, uh, Javier Dominguez was playing Semic Flash as well. Uh, Andrea yeah. Mengucci, fresh yeah. after winning his first, uh, uh, top eighting his first GP, excuse me, uh, top eighted this Mythic Championship with a, a Simic Ramp deck. And was in fourth, yes. Uh, then we have PVDDR, Paulo Vitor Domodorosa in fifth, playing Jessica Fires. Yep. Uh, Seth Manfield took sixth with the Simic Flash deck. Uh, Miguel de Cruz Simo, Simoes. Simo, who is this person? They don't have a picture. Look, these other people have a picture. I'm guessing because they're MPL members, probably. Yeah. Uh, that was a Top four challenger based on okay. They had a double asterisk next to their name in uh, in the final standings, and I was wondering what that means. And it apparently means uh, a top four challenger based on final standings. The top four challengers receive a past performer invitation to compete in the first Mythic Invitational of 2020. Oh, so that means he got. An invitation, uh, an invitation to that. Yeah. Cool. So, sorry, sorry to derail. I just was confused by what's in here. Okay. No, Go no, on. no. That's good. And finally, uh, Chris Kvartek won, uh, took the the final spot in the top eight, playing Golgari Adventure. And I know that lots of people were hyped to see him doing well. Like the big names, the small names, the influencers. Everybody mm-hmm. was all hyped that Chris Kvartek uh, made it to the top eight. 
So good on him. Hooray. Yeah. Congrats to everyone. Yeah, because the Great Hinge is a uh, perfectly fair card, apparently. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to all of you for surviving digitization and playing magic in the internet. <laughs> Very yes. So yeah, with that, that is it for tournaments. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So now what? Uh, you want to open stuff? Wait, this episode's already hit two hours, so not especially. That's fair. <laughs> we'll All do right. it next year. But oh yeah, I've only got one pack, don't I? You've only got the one, but it's the fancy one. Okay, fine. Just because we're not sure how many more episodes there will be this year, let's go ahead and get this done. Just wrap it up with the year. Yeah, because things things get crazy during December right. as far as scheduling goes. So. so this this is my what's an EV for the. Uh, ah. All right, I'm gonna have crap to in there. This Throne of Eldraine. Figure out how to get pricing for these things because they're special. Throne of Eldraine gift edition. Ooh. Uh, this was sent to me by Kim Ho, who was like, "Hey, do a what's an EV on this?" And I said, "Okay." <laughs> Fair. So yeah, we've got our, our collector boosters. The last pack in it. Ooh. So let's All do right. this real quick. I have the extended art listing up now. This pack opens like crap. Hang on. <laughs> All right. Well, the first thing I see is a witch's cottage. So there we go. I got a. This is this is foil. It is. I got a foil witch's cottage. Ooh. Shiny, shiny. Oh, are those on like the normal list? Uh, no idea. These are on two pages. Because, like, it's normal art, it's just foil, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's just how most of them are. Cool. Alright, Witch's Cottage. (laughs) Witch's Cottage. Foil is a dollar. Oh my god. So remember, we're trying to figure out if this is worth it. All right, next yeah. up is a foil curious pair, but it's a foil normal curious pair, not a fancy curious pair. Right, right, right. Ooh. It, it scrolls so much slower now. All right, so foil normal curious pair is loading, 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 loading. 25 cents. Yay! Up to 125. All right. All right, so now I have a foil... Is this foil? It's dark in here, so forgive me. Adjust for curling. Yes, a foil fancy merfolk secret keeper. Fancy merfolk Yeah, and it's foil. Wow. Alright, so the help. showcase. Yeah, how foil and fancy. Alright, uh, that is two bucks. Wow. What was your second card, Chewy? I'm sorry. Uh, it was the witch's card. The curious pair. Foil, normal, curious pair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, shall I continue? Yeah, please. All right, next up we have a foil barge in. Yay, common. 
I don't even know what this is. Attacking creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Each attacking non-human creature gains trample until end of turn. It does 25 cents. It does 25 cents. Okay. It's a quarter. Then we have this, which is a foil. Queen of Ice. Normal Queen of Ice, not Showcase. Okay. The cold never bothered her anyway. Demonetized. <laughs> Bill, let it go, man. Let it go. Uh, I tried. I tried, man. <laughs> but the, the copyright strikes just kept coming. <laughs> yeah, that's a quarter. Enjoy. All right. All right, next up, we have a foil bacon to a pie. Foil bacon? That's what I heard. No, no, no. Foil bacon would be the, the little pigs. This is bake into a pie, which is quite possibly the best removal spell ever, just based on flavor. Yeah, it's worth 30 cents instead of 25. Damn right. Okay, next we have a foil wildwood tracker. All right. Ah, look at that. Is that, is that, that's not a pig, that's a wolf. Never mind. I can't tell in the tiny little screen over there where I, I, I'm holding it up to the camera. Ooh. This is so much harder to do when I have to look up all the comments, too. All right, so I mean, you're you can probably just assume not alive. 25 cents. It is 25 cents. Yeah. All right, next up. Ooh, uncommon. A foil Circara the Bold. Check her out. Yeah, check her out. Wow. She's awesome. Hmm. She pings things, right? Yeah, she pings things. Yeah, look at her pinging nice. things. Why is the alphabet so hard? If you see his head bobbing, it's because he's going A, B, C, D. <laughs> no, it's because I forgot it was Sir with a Y. Oh, S-Y-R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she's 50 cents. Enjoy. Oh, yeah, 50 cents. Okay, next is this, which I didn't look up. It, what is it? It's a foil O'Came Ranger. Normal one. Not showcase. Ooh, look at all that shiny whateverness yeah 35 cents oh snap all right oh okay here we go we have a flaxen intruder showcase card uh not foil so this is our our creepy little goldilocks Mm -hmm. with the super creepy art and honestly a creepy card frame 127 wow Okay, now we have a showcase Foulmire Knight. Not uh, shiny. Ooh. What's so, he do? Not shiny, but foil? What? Not shiny, but showcase. Showcase. Check. Yeah. I mean, that makes way more sense. I'm like, um, yeah, so that is okay. 50 cents. Yay. All right, then we have a showcase Reaper of Night. Wow. The Reaper. Die, die, die. Different Reaper. But... <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's that foil or no? No. Cool. Uh, that's 40 cents. Wow. We're just rolling in the dough here with this. Mm-hmm. We are. 
All right, I'm going to not look at these before I uh, hold them up now, just so you guys get the surprise before I do. The problem is I can't tell what that is. That is a, is that a command tower? That's a command tower. What? Okay. I got a command tower. Why? I don't know. I don't know, but that may be the most expensive card in the pack so far. Is it regular foil? What is it? No, it's just a command tower. It's a brawl it's card, a right? I think that's why, yeah, because you can get brawl cards in these, remember? Yeah, it's 165, so yeah, good job, command tower. Yeah. That bumps you up to... Uh, $8.97. Yep. Wow. I just rounded it to 9 but yeah. Yeah, but I've, I've got a spreadsheet going. That's fair. Okay, now I have writing them this. Down. This is a Castle Garenbrig that's got a extended art, I guess it's called. Okay. Castle Garenbrig... Extended art, not foil. That's actually money. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's eight sixty eight. Hey, all right. Nice. Very nice. Okay, so there are two cards left. One is a foil uh, token that's food, the pig food, and the human rogue on the other side. Mm-hmm. Ooh, shiny. Ooh, and you could probably find that and find out how much it is, but that sounds like a pain. Yeah. It's like rogue slash food. Yeah, but it's pig food. Right, right. Yeah. If it helps, it's it's 12 of 20 and 18 of 20 are the two numbers on it. I don't know how they're listed. Um... Yeah, there's so many different instances of the same thing in here due to the way they list it. Yeah. All right. So, so 18. Do what? So that was 18 of 20? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and that's foil? Yeah. Yep. Uh, 177. Hey, look at that. It's more than the other foils. Okay, so this is the last card. So if there's big money, it's this, right? Right. Theoretically. And I have not looked at it at nope. all. So okay. chat, you're going to see it first. I recognize that. What is that? This return of the is killing Wild me. Speaker. Oh. A foil return of the Wild Speaker. That is not big money. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful pretty, though. Look at him. He's so happy. Look at how happy the Garrick is. I mean, it's a dollar. <laughs> wow. That's a dollar happy. All right. Bringing the grand total to $20.42. For this pack? For, For that this pack. pack. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, no? I mean, your rare was like almost half the pack <laughs> but here we are yeah the uh the castle yeah yeah nice and it's okay. a nice castle so what is the ev for an entire throne of eldraine gift edition uh some did we number? have that somewhere uh i don't know if we do or not yeah i don't i don't know that we do did we keep track of the previous weeks? I have the last week and this one, but I don't have the first two. I thought we had them in there and they must have gotten wiped out of well, the Well, no, there notes. was only one before that. Because we oh. did... I did half of the... Yeah, well, the, the total last time we did it was 553. So. Wow. So what are we up to now? Uh, 2042. Plus the, Plus 553. the 553. Okay, so like $26? So yeah. Didn't yeah. this thing cost 40 I thought it was more than that. 
Throne of Eldraine Gift Edition. Uh, 5387 through the Amazons. I don't think the first batch of them was worth an exceptional amount of money. So let's see. I bought this, I'm ashamed to say, at Walmart, which means it was $55? $60? Gonna so guess right around there. The EV is no. <laughs> but we already knew that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but now we have scientific proof. Now we have data point. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, now we, have, now we have data point. Yes. Yeah. And with our extremely limited sample size, not worth. But it was a <laughs> lot of fun nonsense. That it is. Plus, That I is kind get, of the real point of these things. I did get yeah. this shiny Piper of the Swarm that everyone else that bought one got too. So that's nice. Cool. And I did get the one card that I wanted, the Sir, uh, forget his name. Mix a lot. The... <laughs> The black and common knight dude. So he's going in a deck. So that 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 was good good enough for me. Nice. <laughs> so all right. Did we have more? I think we've hit enough. Yeah. Okay. I think that might be enough. Just checking. I remember Clues mentioned something, but I don't know if he... Yeah, well, I've got some things that I want to talk about, but I think they're odds and ends topics. I mean, unless we want... Well... I do have no. There, I, I guess they're odds and ends topics. Honestly, we've we've gone long enough tonight. Okay. So. So then right. we are done. So, what you guys got? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, you can find me on Twitter at SqueegoblinNabob. Uh, there's no Iron Goblin because it was acquired by Hasbro as part of a massive purchase, and they didn't even realize they got it. But hey, there you go. It's now part of Play-Doh. Um, as for the rest of me, yeah, um, like I said, I'm on Twitter. I make nonsense comments on Twitter and I have recently been watching my way through all kinds of TV. Like I watched a bunch of CW shows to catch up for Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I'll say that I, I'm liking most of them. Um, it's not the epitome of television. I've had friends who've been pushing all these other things on me too. And I'm like, I'm getting there. Now that I've caught up with these things, I'll get there. But um, very briefly, I, I have seen exactly the first episode of Crisis, and I did enjoy watching it. I will not discuss details. I know the second one aired while we were recording this, so I'll be watching that later, um, probably tomorrow when I watch the third one and just make a double feature out of it. So that's cool. Um, Sounds like a plan. Uh, yeah, other than that, um, in terms of like, general nerdy stuff like star wars is next week so wait let's what call... yeah oh wow it is yeah star wars is next week so like look forward to the three or four days when everyone loves it before they decide they hate it per tradition i don't know man social media is gonna uh, speed that up and general bitterness is gonna speed that up we probably get three or four hours that's why i'm watching it, it in the first three or four hours <laughs> I want to enjoy a thing. I'm going um, to see it too with uh, Brian and Samantha, his dog. Nice. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's next week. So that's cool. Um, and yeah, like everything else, like I'm eventually going to get around to watching um, Watchmen on HBO because I've heard enough people tell me that it's actually really good. And I've just been a little hesitant because I've had so much else to watch, but I'm, 
I've been told enough about what the premise is as opposed to the vague stuff from the promos that I'm more on board now. So I'm looking forward to catching that. I might watch it over the holidays or something. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of enough of my nonsense right now. I'm going to now toss it over to clues. Hey, uh, if you want to hear more of my nonsense, I am on the Twitters. I'm at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. Um, just got back from PAX Unplugged, had an absolute blast there. I'm going to talk about a few things uh, uh, about that in the odds and ends here after the show. So uh, just one more reason to become a patron. Chewie's going to tell you all about that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, saw a bunch of friends at PAX Unplugged. That was awesome. I know there were a few people who I meant to try and catch up with and I never had a chance to. So if I missed you at PAX Unplugged, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be at PAX East coming up later in uh, 2020. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll meet up there, question mark. Uh, I am unlikely to see the Star War that's coming out next week. So try not to spoil it for me, internet. Eh? Eh? Because I'm not going to see it right away. Yeah, you're all just going to spoil it for me. Uh, and that's that's fine. I think there will be some people. They will fight. Someone will die. That's my that's my prediction. Spoilers. I predict the eye and goblin dies. What? Uh, but it'll be right back. Oh, yeah, as a force ghost. <laughs> force ghost eye still isn't... I mean, they can call down lightning, force ghosts. So. Yeah, I don't want it to do that. Well, it's not should have good. thought of that before now. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, think that's, I think that's everything I've got right now. We'll pass it on over to Chewy. Yay! So, hi, I'm Chewy. Here on twitch.tv slash the Manipool, you can come and see the Manipool episodes live as they happen. Uh, Monday Night Magic episodes live as they happen. And you can see me stream all the other gaming stuff that I stream right now. Okay, what's on the docket to be streamed soon? Uh, I've got to finish Link's Awakening. I started uh, Spectre of Torment, the third Shovel Knight campaign, or the second DLC campaign. Uh, which is completely different from the Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope, the original, and the Plague of Shadows, the one I did recently. Because you're playing a Specter Knight, and Specter Knight is cool. <laughs> like Specter Knight has really sweet mobility uh, abilities, and the whole structure of the campaign is different. I really like it. So I did one stream of that. I've got at least one more to finish that. Maybe two. I can't tell just by looking. But yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, also, today's the night starting either later, probably later this month. I'll be streaming after I finish Link's Awakening. I'll be streaming my next Switch game, which is, are you ready? The Untitled Goose Game. Yes. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be the next Switch game that I start. Oh, and I guess know where the eye's going if it survives the movie. To what? To watch me stream? No, the goose is going to take it, and there's just going to be an eye floating over my head for like a week. <laughs> like an eyeball? <laughs> I mean, it depends on which eye you take, I guess. Oh, God. It'd be kind of scary. Uh, I also have plans for all kinds of other stuff that I'm pro I'm going to stream. By the way, tomorrow night, for those of you that are or tonight, if you're watching this, not tonight. If you're watching this as soon as it goes up, in like a couple hours, 
I'll be opening up my packs of the Descent of Dragons expansion for Hearthstone. Today, the uh, set review, three set review videos I did with Mike and Brian went up. We, we streamed those last night. The videos went up today. And then I opened the packs uh, tomorrow and start building decks and cracking skulls. I'm so happy I'll be playing Hearthstone again. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Because Hearthstone completely screwed itself and made it miserable. Sort of like Oko and uh, Field of the Dead and all of that. But they did it seemingly on purpose. They uh, brought a bunch of old cards back and made them legal for standard. And it ruined the metagame entirely. Entirely. So much so that I have barely played any Hearthstone in the last, like, two months. Wow. Month and a half. And so they introduced the new uh, uh, auto-battler game inside it called Hearthstone Battlegrounds. And I don't like it. So I haven't been playing Hearthstone much at all. I've been logging in, doing daily quests, and getting the hell out, not enjoying it. So I'm very excited. The new set comes out, so we're gonna be, I'm going to be building decks and playing good old-fashioned Hearthstone again, and I'm so excited because <laughs> I've missed playing Hearthstone and streaming Hearthstone. I've missed it, like, in my core. So very excited about that. That'll be tomorrow. Or, like I said, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the podcast day of, that'll be today. Uh, I think the set goes live at 1 p.m. Eastern. So around then, I'll be hopping on, opening all my packs, building decks, and playing a bit. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, what else? I guess that's what I'm streaming here soon is Spectre of Torment. Shovel Knight, Spectre of Torment. Uh, Link's Awakening and Hearthstone. I'm sure there'll be some Dota Underlords in there too at some point. So over on YouTube, that's also what's going up on YouTube is those things. So there you go, youtube.com slash pool. Nice. All right, so there's one YouTube video that goes up every day. Today there were three, but that's extenuating circumstances. Uh, and I stream all the time and all of that, and it's all... Uh, for you guys, and it's all completely free. But if you want to help support what I do, because Manipool Productions on the whole is a Patreon-supported endeavor, then you can go to patreon.com slash themanipool and sign up to be a lifeguard. Uh, lifeguard status. Not only do you get to sit on the tall chair and, and blow the whistle and tell kids to quit running, but you also can get Manipool episodes and YouTube videos early. You can get... Sorry. When I got up earlier and disappeared because I heard something, I never did figure out what it was. I think it was outside. I hope it was outside because I didn't find anything that looked like it had been knocked over, but it was loud as hell. But anyway, anyway, uh, you get early stuff. You can get access to the odds and ends, all the stuff recorded before and after both Monday Night Magic and the Mana Pool, uh, which is uncensored and unfiltered, and it's where Clues is going to talk about PAX Unplugged in addition to all the other things we've, we do on there. Uh, and, and if you become a mythic lifeguard, you get the sponsorship shout out on both podcasts and on the end screen for all the YouTube videos in each given month. So I would like to thank our mythic lifeguards. Whew, hang on, take a drink. 
Here we go. Jason Doan, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Team You Hellas, Are You, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart's Law, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bertain, Casey, Fayan Says, Danny Liao, Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansen, Jason Cowles, Gothic Man, Stark Maximum, John Parker, Violet Moon, Aleph Cat. Nope, couldn't make it. Huh, Beardy Man, Dan Holm, Bartle, Backwards Logic, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Thank you all so very much for your support and for all of you patrons and lifeguards at every level. I quite literally could not do this without you. So thank you. You keep the lights on and allow me to keep churning out this frankly ridiculous amount of free content for one person to be making. And I love it. So with that, we will be done with Monday Night Magic number 676. By the way, hey, Chet, did you guys listen to the last episode of The Mana Pool? Did I remember to drop the Sam quiz in there? Because I swear, it feels like I forgot to put the Sam quiz in there. I thought about it when I said, oh, yeah, we're going to see Star Wars with Brian and Sam. Uh-oh. But I can't check right now because we're podcasting. Nah. Hmm. I can't remember. And that's usually not a good sign. But if I didn't, I'll put it in a future episode. I've done that before, too. But anyway, anyway, so yes, thank you all so very much for joining us. And, uh, oh, I did? Good. And, uh, go play some magic.